And yeah, I walked in and Luke was playing guitar and he was like the lead singer of the youth band. Oh, he had you right there. He plays guitar and sings. Mm -hmm. That was all it took. I mean, no. I was just <laughs> so, yeah, I was just lost. And I told my friend at the time, like, that is my future husband. Who is that guy? And she was like, Mallory, that's Luke. Like, no, he's gone here forever. Like, leave him alone. And I was like, <laughs> no, like, I like him. Welcome to season two of A Long Walk North. Today's episode is brought to you by Triple Crown Coffee, Purple Rain Adventure Skirts, and the Thruer Hiking Community. Hey, Dan here. Welcome to this podcast. Welcome to this episode. We got Mallory and Luke. They hiked it in 2022 on the Pacific Crest Trail. They went northbound. Our last two other episodes before this, the Ginger and the Joy, then you got Pam and Donovan. They're generally the same. You know, they all hiked it last year. They're couples. Obviously, we talk about the same kind of questions, and I get it. I mean, this podcast... We're not out here to make money. We don't even make money on this at all. But anyways, we're not Backpacker Radio, which I love, and some of the other bigger ones. But I think the people who listen to this, they either know the guests, hiked it last year, maybe they got trail depression or a couple years ago, or they're interested in the PCT. You know, maybe they're hiking it in a couple months from now. Maybe they're coming in our year. Um, either way, drop us a message. Let us know what you think. I think the last couple of episodes... I've been, you know, I've added a little bit of sound effects just to kind of, I get a kick out of it. It's kind of, I like editing, really. I like, you know, I like just putting in stuff. I don't know if it annoys people, but I love that feedback. Um, and some guests have sound bites, you know, they have YouTube or, you know, like Magnet or even Doug Walker, which is a really cool episode. And my episodes are kind of getting longer, but you know what? a good conversation i think for for the guests they will appreciate it because it's their story i think if they went for a walk and listened to it whether it's their five-year anniversary of hiking it i think they would enjoy it and people they know and you can always break it in half as well but enjoy today's episodes really good couple we uh we bounce around on a couple different things and it's just i find i love interviewing i always you know i always say sometimes you know these these guys are like little kids and other groups like i said that for the ginger and the joy and i said that for pam and donovan and i think all all of them are basically the same age ish but you guys are younger than me so to me you're little kids but i find it just refreshing on sort of like the perspective of life i wish i was young again and i wish i could have knew about this or wanted to do it um probably then you know it would wreck my life but anyways enjoy today's episode these two are adorable um definitely hit out hit their instagram there's links in the show notes if you want to send us a message 
send a message to us. There's links in the show notes for that. Um, but really cute couple, in love, and just a fun to talk to. Anyways, here, here they are. Enjoy. Charging down those craggy mountains without thrifts or friends. Who you find so, so in love with the fallen earth? Who you wake in the middle of the fallen night with the summer playing coy? Where are you located? I am in, well, I always will tell people I'm in Toronto, Canada, but I'm in between Toronto and Ottawa. There's a place called Peterborough. So have you been to Tobermory? No, it's on my bucket list. It's beautiful. so cool there. Yeah, we live across um, in Port Huron, across from Sarnia. Oh, wow. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We're basically Canadian. Yeah, you are. And you know, it's like... I mean, obviously, Starbucks is everywhere around the world, but then Tim Hortons is right. over, you know, and do you guys think Tim Hortons is kind of bougie? Tim or Hortons you... is superior. I'm actually holding it right now. <laughs> I love the reel that you just posted. <laughs> I mean, I obviously, there's like professionals that, you know, shot stuff for, you know, engagement, wedding, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. even just you guys making tea, just the color grading, I was like, <laughs> so sweet. Like it's just I love that kind of stuff. I love the cinematic. I love that kind of stuff. And then when I looked at your I mean I'm just rambling. This podcast will be a ramble. That's okay. When I was just looking quickly, I'm like, oh, I think you got married in Yosemite. That was my guess. Because oh. I think I've seen other people get married at Yosemite. There's some kind of probably a place you can rent. You know, you can have weddings officially, blah, 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 blah. You made me have I'm old, right? So I have to take a screen print. Then I got to go to my photos and then I got to use my fingers to pinch it, to make it like (laughs) read it because the font is so small. That's so funny. Yes. That was in Northern Georgia because we were living in Tennessee for two years. Like after college, I had a job there. Yeah. Like I saw on Instagram, I mean, like a different photographer had shot a wedding there and I was like, oh, that'd be really cool. And then I saw it wasn't too far away. So we went for it. We only had like 37 people there. I had 32 at my wedding. And you know what? Those weddings are fun. Like, I yeah. They're fun. Yeah. Everyone had a really nice time. Everyone did like their own cabin. So they have to spend time with each other. It was really fun. It ended up being like a full weekend of like all of us just hanging out. It yeah. wasn't like your typical wedding. Oh, I love that kind of stuff. See, I used to do wedding photography. Really? Oh, okay, cool. I was like a fangirl, even just on that reel, because, you know, <laughs> you had some images. I even liked, I liked your dress. I liked your, liked how you spin you with the little, you know, hand down the arm to the mm-hmm. fingers. Like, you know, I like all that stuff. I'm a romantic, and it's like, I love really good wedding photography. How old are you guys? I'm 26. Also, yeah, we're yeah, both, both 26. 26. I'll be yeah. 27 in April. I know you're not like little kids. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my, okay. like my daughter's a little kid compared to you. But to me, you're still young. Like mm-hmm. anything, if people say they're under, I guess, 28 and down, I'll say, yeah, you're a little kid. Where did you two meet? I think I did. Yeah, I did find your Facebook. I can't remember if it was hard or not. And then I just keep scrolling back, right? And then with, I think Luke is like, oh, I can't remember the year, but it's at least seven years. Yeah, so we met in 2013. 
Well, we actually met like at that um, the parade downtown. You were like riding your bike by. Mm-hmm. That was our first like interaction, and we actually hung out in 2014. Right? Is that around then? Yeah, we or grew up in the work? same hometown. Uh, yeah. We went to different same schools. schools. No, different schools. So we didn't like know each other. We just kind of seen each other around, um, and we actually met at youth group um, at our church when we were young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I remember. Like my parents, we used to go to that church. And then when they divorced, we stopped going. And then somewhere my senior year, I was like, I think I want to go back. And I just kind of went on my own. And yeah, I walked in and Luke was playing guitar. And he was like the lead singer of the youth band. Oh, he had you right there. He plays guitar and sings. That was all it took. I mean, I was just (laughs) so, yeah, I was just lost. And I told my friend at the time, like, that is my future husband. Who is that guy? And she was like, Mallory, that's Luke. Like, no, he's gone here forever. Like, leave him alone. And I was like, no, like, I like him. And we, like, had talked just a few times in between there. We were, like, just so nervous. And we had, like, that weird. That's fun, though. That's just, like, I'm I'm, I'm smiling because, I mean, just, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the fun. That's the butterflies. That's just the fun feeling. Yeah, that's our meet cute. And it makes you really happy. And I mean, youth group is weird. Like everyone's nerdy. And I mean, the first time we really interacted, we were playing like a game as like a whole class or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was tug of war. Yeah. And we were on either ends of the rope. Yeah. And so we were like pulling against each other. But it was like, I don't know. There was something flirty about it. There was something flirty about it. <laughs> well, especially if you're like the first person on either side, because we like, were. you could mm-hmm. end up. I mean, you don't want to fall on her because you could hurt. <laughs> if you if you're stronger, you know you could pull and she right. would fall on you. So that's you know it mm-hmm. always works out that way. Yeah, and then like somewhere in there for our like dating history because I was going to Michigan State that summer, and Luke had asked me out. He wanted me to be his girlfriend, and I said no. We'd only known each other at that point for maybe like a few months. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. a year behind her in school. I was a junior when she graduated. Yeah. And I see uh, age is a thing, eh? But then he plays guitar yeah. and he'll go. Hey, <laughs> exactly. And he'll be strumming on the couch. And you're like, oh. yeah. Well, I remember we were at the mall and you like gave me this Pandora charm and you're like, we'd be my girlfriend. And I was like, do you even know my middle name? Do you know like anything about me I just felt like we didn't know each other and I had in the back of my mind like this is my guy so I want to make sure we're like best friends throughout this not rush anything because I was in it for the long game (laughs) and so I said no that time and then like a few months go by and you ask me again Mm -hmm. and I say no again and I'm like, oh, I'm going but to that school time was soon. School. Yeah, like I want to just be smart about this, whatever, whatever. And then by the time summer had rolled around, I mean, we were really in love with each other. And I said to him, okay, you can ask me now. And I, oh. said, and I said, no, I've been turned down twice. <laughs> you have to ask me. <laughs> I remember just being, I was cracking up and I had to ask Luke out. And then that's how it began officially. <laughs> Aww. Anyways, I was snooping your IG, and then I'm like, "Oh, you, well, a, I mean, I'm I'm chubby, I'm skinnier now, but I can't, I can't climb, I can't, you know, like it's just it takes a lot to climb. But you guys, it looks like you guys like to climb. But you've been to some cool places, like you've been to, I think there was Slovakia in there. Obviously, your honeymoon, you went to Iceland, mm-hmm. which is pretty epic. Like mm-hmm. that is pretty epic. I always say Iceland's like Niagara Falls with no fences. <laughs> totally amazing but yeah Uh, we learned how to climb in south dakota we spent a summer out there 
I think like once we went to college, we realized we really missed each other. We were both at different schools. So the distance was hard. So in the summers, we wanted to just spend all of our time together. And I remember Googling like cool jobs in the US and I found this website, coolworks.com. I got on there and I saw the job in South Dakota to be an aerial ropes guide and a zipline instructor. And I remember thinking that'd be fun. And yeah. I convinced Luke to, you know, talk to his parents and see if they'll let him go with me. Mm-hmm. And they did, <laughs> surprisingly. And yeah, that was like, I mean, we felt we fell in love with the outdoors when we went out there and we learned how to climb. And the climbing in the Black Hills is honestly some of the most amazing climbing. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And it's all granite. So it's like super welcoming. Like everything's really grippy. Yeah. Um, And it's just really pretty. Yeah, like there's spires, which is really unique and cool. So yeah, it was just a, it was a cool, um, it was a good way to learn, I feel like. Definitely. Did you get to watch, did you ever watch the free solo movie in a movie theater? Not in a theater. No, not in a theater. But when I watched it at home, my hands were soaking wet. Oh, can you imagine being in a theater and you, you like, it was just, it was, I took my kids and it was epic. I don't think they appreciate it as much. I'm like, dude, he's cutting the ropes. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they get it, but I was nervous. It's just, it's a crazy, it's just crazy to think about. Mm Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a really good one about the history of the Yosemite Valley and the, all the climbing history there. Um, it has it features Alex Honnold, but it's more about like his predecessors and everyone that built up. The probably Jimmy. Movie. Probably Jimmy shot it, like that Jimmy Chin guy. I yeah, guess. before him even. Yeah, um, it's really good. I can't think of the name of it. Valley Uprising, I think, is what it's called. Mm-hmm. All right, really I will good. check it yeah. out. There's a, there's another movie too called. 180 south like 180 degrees south and it's a guy that wants he i think he's canadian and he wants to get down to patagonia and he's like you know what i'm gonna hitch a ride on a sailboat and help out on a sailboat and then they kind of go down there mm-hmm. but they actually interview like it, it's it's interesting because they interview i can't remember if it's the the patagonia owner or the no, north face owner okay. i think they're both in it but there's because obviously uh especially the Patagonia guy. I think they both really donate a lot of money, but mm-hmm. they've done a lot of really cool stuff. Um, but it was really neat about the Patagonia guy and the North Face guy where they just started selling T-shirts in the, I can't remember if it was the 50s or 60s. <laughs> and they used to climb. They used to just hang out kind of in vans, live in vans before van life was a thing. Right. And they yeah. would just climb and be dirt bags and sell T-shirts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just making it work. Eating yeah. ketchup packets on the mountain. That's what you got to do sometimes. No, I'm all, I'm all excited. People are like, talk about the hiking, talk about the hiking and all this stuff. But so obviously, I mean, you did the climbing. I'm sure like, yes, you know, like you would go for hikes and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes for hikes, goes for walks in the woods or whatever, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But who knew about the PCT first? Where did you hear it? When was that? Did you both know about it? And then just talk about it, like kind of the story of, how did you find out about it Mm -hmm. and then how did you kind of like hey you want to do this and whose idea was it blah 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 Mm -hmm. well I my uncle uh in like 2016 he was like Mal Mal I just read this book and this girl she throws her boot off the mountain like you've got (laughs) to read it and I'm like okay you know I was in school I'm like I'm really don't want to read a book right now like I'm already reading so much and I ended up reading it and yeah it was wild of course And at the end, I was just bawling my eyes out because I've just thought to myself, like, I need to do this now. Like, this is something I want to do. Yeah. Never just go find yourself type of thing. Just a little bit. 
I mean, yeah, to like kind of figure out who I was and to just like challenge myself and like prove to myself that I could do this. Um, and then I just, I like the idea of it. Something about like going from, you know, border to border. I, I just, yeah, I wanted it for myself really bad. And um, I got on YouTube and. Okay. So I am in Campo, California, and I am about to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. I started looking it up and I found Dixie right away. I feel like it's like the natural path. Wild what year is this? This like? is 2016. Okay. Yeah. So I was in college. I was at Michigan State at the time. Um, and yeah, I told Luke about it and he hadn't heard of it at all. Right. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it until Mallory explained it to me. Yeah. And I didn't know that there was, you know, the AT or the CDT or any of these other trails. I'd only heard of the PCT and I learned through about other trails through YouTube, but sure. PCT was like my first love and like, you know, my first experience with it. And I remember wanting to buy all the stuff then. And I, I slowly would buy things like, remember me like trying on the shoes and I got darn tufts for Christmas, but I wasn't even really hiking at the time. I just wanted to be involved any way that I could. And I remember finding people on Instagram, like dirty avocado. And I found wilder bound and I was following these people who, you know, had done the trail. One had done, I mean, yeah. What's her name? um whimsical woman heaps well no not whimsical woman but heaps had done it multiple times so i knew there was something special about the trip heaps, uh, did they ever do youtube uh i don't think so she's more on instagram yeah she was okay. just more like an instagram presence um and i remember her just being like really funny with it everyone else was kind of serious they didn't really talk to the camera as much and her videos were really like i don't know just funny like her pretending to be like a bear and eating berries off of a tree, like just really like silly. And I feel bad for if this, if she hears this, like that sounds like I'm sure there was more to it, but she's just really funny and playful on trail. And I love that. Are you guys on TikTok or nah? no? No. We did two videos during quarantine and then I was up. <laughs> there's like, I think, I mean, yeah, I think there's more through hiking, I guess on TikTok. There's two people. They're from the States. It's like a guy and a girl. And This is what dehydrated applesauce looks like. We stick to dehydrated fruit when walking thousands of miles because fresh fruit is heavy and perishable. This sheet of dehydrated applesauce is almost 90% lighter than regular. We can snack on it like this as a fruit leather, or we can rehydrate before eating. Link in the show notes. They've gotten big. Like, I guess, worldwide people follow them. They lived in Germany a bit, but they've done the PC. They've done the mall, and they go rafting. They do whatever whatever but oh, anyway is it through hikers the guys that did i think so i and they like do dehydrated food and yeah, stuff like, they are. their tiktok goes farther way farther okay i know like, it's kind of funny i mean like um my one friend um schmutz he is also on tiktok and yeah he's like blown up on there but i just don't... yes i think is he a teacher was he a teacher yep. yeah yes I and just... then i don't know if he's gonna do a film you know, because he was like, I think he was going Sobo or I don't know if he went Nobo because I did, I did a podcast with somebody, somebody's at the Northern Terminus, but he's there. And maybe oh, it's yours. It's Magnet. Magnet. No, yeah, Magnet. So we were like flip-flopping with them a little bit, but yeah, so Schmutz went northbound. And then once he got to the Northern Terminus, he flipped somewhere in NorCal, I believe, and then went down. Oh, wow. Yep. So you kind of knew Magnet a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A few, we met him a few times and then 
he tried to wait for us at the monument because he wanted the video of us getting there, but we were all really taking our time, just kind of enjoying those like last moments. So when we were on our way to the monument, like the last mile, he passed us and he was like, I tried to wait as long as I could. Like, I'm sorry. And I think, you know, they had a decent sized group of hikers and so did we, and we kind of wanted the monument to ourselves. So in a way, like we delayed when we were leaving camp just so that we could have like more of like a private trail family moment. So yeah. 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 My mom is obsessed. I mean, she, she knew about magnet before I did. And I was like hiking with him for a little bit on the trail and she was watching his videos. I mean, she has like a list of all of her favorite YouTubers. She's just like the ultimate trail momager. Is, Is she, is she like just in general, is she kind of scared for you in a way? No, no. She was excited for us. I mean, she really wanted us to get out there and she knew it was something that I had talked about forever. And it was almost this like thing that was like halting me from moving forward in my life. I just knew I needed to do this before anything else. And she was a big supporter in that. And And she really wanted us to get out there. I think for her being able to watch all the videos was a way for her to um, kind of cope with the fear of it Mm -hmm. and just be more excited about it instead. I think maybe, you know, if you guys were hiking it this year with like, you know, the, the fear of a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let's say you were like, I'm going through the Sierras, you know, I'm just going for it. You know, sure. I guess she would be, uh, people will be more scared mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. I'm thinking about doing like a parent episode. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Oh my goodness, when, like, do my mom. Are, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I'll, I'll get her. And especially like for like, you know, like the little kids, like, you know, they have like a 20 year old because they're uh, a mom posted in one of the Facebook groups. Like, I'm really scared. Like my, 20 20 year old daughter wants to do it and i'm just scared and then oh i would love to have a bunch of moms or dads and just i love that even if it's early on and that kind of stuff because that'd be so great yeah and it's good like i think it's good because i interviewed i mean i talk about doug layer a lot or whatever and i I had doug layer on and and that kind of stuff and then when he found out trevor wanted to do it at first he was like you got to save your pennies. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta <laughs> pay back your, you know, you, cause he, you know, he went to school and all that kind of stuff. And then when he's new it, like, you know, like I'm doing it, dad, like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm doing it. Then he's like, okay, well, if you're going to do it, I'm going to be sort of your trail manager. And right. then he was like, you know, watching all the gear videos and trying to, <laughs> you know, figuring out the resupply. So it's kind of cool. Like with your mom watching all the videos and that kind of stuff, like she mm-hmm. kind of has a, she kind of knows what, you know, even before you hiked it, she kind of knew what it was about and, yep. and all that kind of stuff. Which oh, yeah. And like while we were on trail, she would have YouTube up and she'd have like, I don't know, tip tap on and she would be hiking, like literally standing there, moving her legs like she was walking in place along to the videos. <laughs> and, she works in the house and she's and probably all... watching like the current class. Like, so yeah, when you're going. She's watching other stuff. About oh, she's going to be ahead of you. She's or definitely seen more you. than we have. It's wild. She, yeah, she loves it. And um, so she works in the hospital. She's an anesthesia tech and she walks so much and she'll send me her like health update on her phone and it'll be like eight miles. And she'll text me that and she'll say, just getting ready for the PCT. You gotta, you gotta get her one of those, you know how they have those things where it's like you can virtually hike it. So you go for your own walks and it, 
link in the show notes. It tracks the miles. So you can do all these trails around the world. Do you know oh, what I mean? That's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, that'd be great. So like to them, it's like it's an app and then maybe they charge 50 bucks or something like that. But then you get postcards from the trail. And oh, really? I think I you totally can, then you can pay and you get a medal. Like I've walked, the, you know, you've walked the distance. But Yeah, that's the perfect Mother's Day. I've guess. never heard of this. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I was thinking about, yeah, 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 yeah. Because sometimes on, on Instagram, because I'm just fo- following people and then with they use the same hashtag. So especially when they finish it, they kind of have a little picture of, of how many days it took them. But they're doing mm-hmm. dog walks. Right. That's pretty that. cool. It could take like a few years. Yeah. But you can do all these like little trails too. So whether it's a 200-mile trail or whatever, and then you just say that you walked all these the same distances. That's I pretty fun. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll put a link in the show notes or whatever. Thanks. So, Thank you. So when, okay. So obviously you were talking about when you heard about it, mm-hmm. when did you make that decision that, okay, 2022? We knew we were going to be moving. So we were living in Tennessee and we had both quit our jobs in January of 2022. So this is like two months or three months after we got married. Um, and we were planning on moving, but we weren't sure where to go. So we had like flown out to Denver and tried to different like drive around and try to look at the different neighborhoods and things and nothing felt right. Mm -hmm. And we just decided like, you know, what about instead of just jumping right into our next jobs or moving to the next town, what if we use this time to hike the Pacific Crest Trail? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, you know, we'd quit our jobs and we were kind of that weird lull, like, okay, now what? And I was just like a scroll zombie and I'd already done all the like random things on my list I'd wanted to do, like make our wedding album or whatever. And zombie scrolling and I see this quote and it says, are you living your life for others or are you living your life for yourself? And I was just like, oh my gosh, because (laughs) I remember the reasons why I said we couldn't hike it in 2022 were because I had two weddings, one that I was in. And I remember talking to my therapist about this when she was asking me what I wanted to do. And after I read that quote, I could like feel her eyes on me. Like I just felt the way that I understood when she was looking at me, like, why are you holding yourself back? I mean, you're really going to let two weddings stop you from like doing this dream that you have. Wake up woman. (laughs) That's how it felt. (laughs) And I mean, yeah, like it, that was just such a whirlwind. And I remember talking to you and I made this like big board of like how much money it would cost. And I laid out all the things we'd need, what we already had. I just laid it all out for you. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely, so this is now probably the beginning of February. Okay. That Mal is saying, okay, what if we hike the, you know, the PCT this year? And I definitely needed some convincing yeah. because in my head, like, uh, how are we supposed to just decide to do it a month before we have to go? Yeah. But I had to convince Luke that I had for years already been thinking about this every spring. I'd already been excited. Like yep. I've done the work. Let's just do this. I'm, I've always been like such a planner, especially like financially and yep. the idea of like, Oh shoot, we're going to quit our jobs, but we're not going to get new ones right away. Like that freaked <laughs> me out. And so it took a lot of convincing and it took a while, but um, yeah, once we got our permits that changed everything. Cause we yeah. had passed the permit date so that was a matter of, okay, if we can get a cancellation permit, we're doing this. And if we can, oh, okay. then we'll see what happens. Yeah. So Luke and I set up our laptops and uh, I think I'd been like on Reddit and I found out that the office doesn't open until like Monday at 8 a.m. California time. Yeah. PCPST. Yeah. And so... 
Pro tip, pro tip, pro tip. We waited till that next day, got on at like 11 a.m. And you set up like a 30 second extension that would refresh the laptop. And then we waited. Oh, that's a neat, that's a pro tip. I didn't know about that. That's a pro tip. Yeah, on Chrome, <laughs> you can add little extensions. Mm hmm. That is cool. And how many hours do you think we were on there waiting? I think we probably sat in front of our laptops for three or four hours. Yeah. And we started to get, you know, disheartened thinking, okay, it's probably just not going to happen. And then all of a sudden we're looking at the calendar and they turn, was it red or green? I don't remember. I think it was yellow. But they turned a different color and it meant that those days are open. And so we just snagged two as soon as we could. Yeah. And there was only like seven that popped up all at once. Yeah. And so they were, we were all lucky. like on the front end or the back end. So you were going to start like March or you're going to start in May. And I mean, from like all the years of watching videos, I mean, I knew that April was the sweet spot. So kind of knowing that we couldn't start them made me a little nervous, but I knew choosing a March start date would have been smarter than a May start date. Cause that would have meant we had to rush. We wouldn't have enough time um like, yeah luke's got to get in shape like he's not you know yeah you know what i mean i'm dumb you know good but not in shape it's the time of like oh mm -hmm. my god we're gonna do this soon yeah. it's you can start off slow and you can just like you know get the feel of it and that's okay it's starting off slow is nothing you know that's a you should do that yeah well, i mean and we knew about the fire situation that happened like you know every year so starting in may to us on our first through hike, it just seemed like a bad idea. Yeah. It's sad this year too, because I guess um, obviously people do want to start early because they want to try to maybe beat the fires and touch the border. Yeah, it's yeah. hard this year. And then this year, you know, I think a lot of people are giving up their permits just because the snow is going to, it's scaring them, like with the sure. snow part. Yeah. But then that's going to push a lot of people in uh, into our year because yeah. 2024, but it is yeah, what it you is. You never know. I mean, honestly, like even if people cancel their permits and they tell themselves, okay, I'm going to start that year. I mean, the chances that they will, I mean, you, you just never know. Life is always changing. And like, there's so much like fear happening. Even when you're on trail, even for us, it was a low snow year. We were early March or sorry, we were early May when we entered, but I mean, there was still snow present, but like the fear on trail, everyone talking about the snow and do you really want to start then? I mean, we just needed to get out there for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think like for people worried about the snow in the Sierra, like get the desert over with and then figure out what the snow situation is. Yeah. Cause yeah, if you skip it and then come back later. Cause yeah. it's, I mean, that's like two months after your start that you can reevaluate. And if you have to skip it and just come back, yeah, that's fine. That's okay. I mean, Cheryl Strayed skipped the whole Sierra and wrote a full book on the trail. And she started in Tehachapi. Yeah, and she started in Tehachapi. <laughs> she, she just should have been a book just about hitchhiking. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> But so like, that book, though, honestly, that book is great. We got a few hitches because of that book. People oh, yeah. felt comfortable letting us in their car. They're like, well, I have seen the movie. So I know there's a lot of like shade on that book. For me, it's been a really positive. <laughs> it's been a positive yeah. in my life. I've watched the movie. I haven't read the book. The book's probably better because you can just go into more detail and you can just let your mind imagine and, and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I, like it's funny because it's like I made a joke in someone else's podcast episode is like i don't want to see it with my daughter because i don't want her to have sex in a bathroom or something like that so. <laughs> <laughs> sure. but, but yeah we did watch the whimsical woman and we watched mari johnson and we watched uh tip tap or whatever because that mm -hmm. we watched that first you got to watch that and stuff so 
it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. And there's there's lots of little you know documents. Like she's not thinking about it that much. I've got her a poster type thing so she can. And I keep telling her like, oh, it's gonna it's gonna take us a month to only get to here. You know, mm-hmm. that's way still way at the bottom. But <laughs> let's get to well, let's get to San Diego. So what was it like in your mind? What was the car ride with your brother from San Diego to Campo like? Like what's kind of going through your mind of like, this is really happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, all the nerves. I mean, my body was like actually shaking and I felt so sick. I just, we're about to get dropped off in the middle of nowhere. And my life has been consumed by the thought of this trail that we're about to do. What time of day is it? Is it like early in the morning? Is it like 2 p.m. in the afternoon? It was like 10 a.m. I think, yeah, yeah, 10 a.m. or like 11 or noon is when we started the hike. But yeah, I think we left San Diego around 10. Um, and yeah, I just felt like really sick to my stomach and just nervous that like this thing that had consumed my life for so long was about to happen. Like just hoping that it was everything that I had, you know, dreamed of. Um, it was a lot and it was funny. My brother, when he dropped us off, he's like, are you sure? It was weird (laughs) for him to leave us in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And you really do start like in the middle of what feels like nowhere. Yeah, and so it is kind of uh, nerve-wracking, for sure. Is it is it is it a weird thing to get to that one mile little sign? Like it's like, ah, oh, do I touch it? Do I say something <laughs> corny? Like, do I take a photo of it? Like, I had, you know what I mean? It's like a, it's a weird. Yeah, one mile weird was thing cool. To see it. I mean, every, we were like, in we can do this. Instagram, it's in everyone's oh, yeah. YouTube video. Well, we were in like such a high, just so excited. You know, that first mile was every feeling you could imagine. I mean, of course I was crying, you know? And then we got to the one mile, I'm like, all right, we can do this. That was a mile. And this is going to be a monumental moment. We need to like document this. Mm-hmm. And then we had to the three mile mark. Which is that railroad track. Yeah. And that felt yeah. really cool. Yeah. And there's another sign you got to take a picture of. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, I was laughing when you typed, when you got to the Pine House Cafe, uh, you know, you could tell who the hikers were, mm-hmm. like, compared to the townies, you call them. And I laughed at that because I'm like, I just haven't heard that word that much. Townies. I feel like it's like a, I don't know if it's a Cape Cod, Martha's Vineyard kind of word or something. Oh, okay. But, and then you, you you talked about how you can just look at the wobble, you know, mm-hmm. or the telling sign is just like the waitress bringing just pitchers of water. Yes. But, you know, you mentioned like 16 mile day early on. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, you know, that's a great feat. You know, it's like, you know, it is a long day, obviously. But how was the first first week on trail um, just for you? Like, you know, was your body really pushing back? Because it's like, hey, yes, you could go for a really long walk one day. You could really push yourself and go for a long walk. Mm-hmm. But then it's hard to just say like, oh, yeah, you got to you got to do it again. Yeah. And, you know, and I know your body will warm up a bit. But, you know, on day three, your body's like, dude, is this a trend? Like what's going on? Yeah. I mean, I would say like when we started, we were just really excited to put in the miles and just be out there. Yeah. I thought day one, we were going to pull 20, get to uh, Lake Lake Marina, Marina. but we started at noon. And when we got to mile 12 and you were like, are we going to camp? I was just like, wait. And a lot of people do. Like a lot of people do. And you got to climb the next morning. Yeah. So we ended up getting that next day up at like 4 a.m. So we didn't have to do the climb in the heat. And our bodies were just like confused with the time change. Yep. But we 
were pretty impressed with ourselves. And I think it was, you know, I was watching Luke just, you know, smashing these miles and you're watching me. So we were both like gaining this confidence together in that first week. And we had our first trail magic interaction and, or I guess trail angels. And I think seeing people who wanted to help us and see us succeed. I mean, there were just so many feelings in that first week. Everything yeah. was a first and everything was happening. It was pretty exciting. And like we had never had an experience hiking in any sort of desert. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was totally a different world. Um, yeah. And I think that part of that was encouraging as well. Mm-hmm. The wind sucks. I, I can't imagine what the wind would be like mentally. Yeah. Well, we didn't really get wind for the first week, at least. Uh, well, it was no. really coming out of Julian that we got our first day of wind. That's our first week. Oh, yeah, something like that. You're right. We did get, yeah, Scissors Crossings was windy. Um, but it wasn't too bad. I feel like until like, we got to the Joshua trees, that's when it was the worst I'd experienced. Yeah. Like the Tehachapi windmill section is yeah. really where the wind is. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's funny because I have a little, like one of my questions and it's like, I can't remember if, cause obviously I know you tell the story about the chapstick. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I borrow some of your chapstick? Uh, uh, yeah. Just keep it. Just go ahead and keep it. Go ahead. Why? Because I use it? Huh? No, no, no. I uh, uh, I got more at home. So. Well, so do I. Hey, I'll see you on Monday. All right. Take care. Okay. Well, Say hi, Jeff. Hey, who's got the chapstick? Oh, it's my friend Dave. Hi, Dave. Hi. Hey, you're a lifesaver. I've been meaning something to get this for weeks. Just haven't had the time. Yeah. Well, just just keep it then. Keep it. What? Why? I don't know. I thought you'd want it. But it's yours. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, just keep it. Here's the backstory on the chapstick. This is taken from Mallory's Instagram. She types, Here's an interesting story our friend Nathan told us about. Apparently, there's this guy who was really struggling with butt chafe. He didn't have any body glide. So he decided that the next best thing is to use his cherry chapstick. This guy was so excited that it worked. However, he accidentally dropped it. Then another hiker sees the cherry chapstick on the ground and yells out that he needed chapstick really bad and couldn't believe he found some. Insert little yellow dude with the, uh, I guess the tears of crying coming out of the eyes. Hashtag I'm old. Hashtag I need emoji help sometimes. Hashtag I'm old and I'm blind so I have to take a screenshot of them and sometimes use my fingers to pinch them to expand them in my photos to see what the little dude's face is doing. So I can try to figure out what emoji this is for. You know, didn't the person ever see that old SNL skit? And you might not even know about this skit because mm-hmm. it's old. I tried to find it on YouTube. It's I don't think it's on YouTube. There's a yeah, different. I, don't I wasn't know sure about what you were it. talking about. But there's this SNL skit about using someone's chapstick, mm-hmm. and that's obviously before your time. I think it's actually from 1988. Okay. I, I didn't do the math. I don't know if you guys were born yet. Oh, well, we're 96. That is a story of legend. So really, <laughs> what the clip is, it's like it's somebody on the subway, and 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 then like somebody's like, "Hey, can I use that chap? Can I borrow your chapstick?" And then they put it on, and they're like, "Oh, you want it back?" And the person's like, "Ah, you keep." It's like, "No, no, you just take it." But then. The next person asks, like the next person versus the next person, and it just keeps going. But the people oh. get creepier and creepier. Like, oh. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Nasty. And then they drop it down a sewer, but then they get it out. And oh. one person comes down the platform. And they're like, oh, can I borrow that chapstick? No. Because you know, they don't know, like, the history of this chapstick. Right, yeah. right. It's touched lips like you don't want to touch. But Yeah, I never but, heard that story until Trail and this guy named Tev. I don't know what his trail name ended up being, but he got pulled off Trail. I think his mom ended up in hospice. Oh. Um, yeah, but he was a really great guy. and. In the beginning, we're, we were around a lot of older hikers. We hadn't really met a lot of people our age in the beginning. And I remember thinking, like, when are we going to meet people? Like, our age is so bizarre. Hey, Clay, I got my mind spinning. So what's it like to meet older hikers? Are they just, like, trying to give you life advice and stuff all the time? All <laughs> these old people just, you know? No, uh, everyone's I wouldn't really, say so. No, everyone's nice. I think, like, everyone is self-conscious. Like, am I hiking too slow? You know, am I you know, whatever, whatever. I mean, like, I remember one time we were hiking in the beginning and we passed a guy that was just laying down and we're like, Hey man, are you okay? He's like, Oh, I'm fine. And we realized he didn't have any water. And we're like, do you need water? He's like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And we're like, drop your ego. You have no water. Take some of ours. Yeah. So in the beginning, you know, there's like just this battle with yourself of like, trying not to mess up and trying to not look bad and whatever. And really we're all just out there learning. We're all beginners and like, it's okay to make mistakes. You just need to like ask for help in the beginning. And yeah. it's definitely an older crowd in the beginning. And I feel like we just had all like positive experiences. Yeah, I think everyone, especially with the older hikers, so a lot of people that just retired and have been thinking about the trail forever. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, this is, you know, a bucket list item or like a check it off the list. Once you're retired, I kind of think there's a lot of respect. And then they look at you too. And like I said, as I'm, you know, I always say like the little kids, but to them, you're little kids, right? So then right. they must be cool of like, oh my God, like they, you know, they probably got married at 18 and, you know, worked their whole lives and had, you know, eight kids and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. That's what right. the old people used to do. Yeah. And then they see you and they must think like, oh my goodness, I wish we could just do this fun thing when we were young. Like just, mm -hmm. you know, do it before you start life in a way. It's kind of cool. Yeah, we've had we had someone talk to us about that. Like, good for you for doing this now while you got your knees. It's all about the knees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then on the other hand, you know, you look at them and you're like, you know, when I'm that old, I would, you know, love to go and still be go on adventures, right? Yeah, like, totally. Oh, I totally know that when we retire, we're going to drag our butts out there and probably do it again. For sure. <laughs> Your first, I mean, on Instagram, I mean, I only went by your Instagram, mm -hmm. but, but you said it was your first showers at Julian. I'm like, oh, yeah. But then I'm like, oh, you know, that could, maybe that does make sense. That would be your first shower because, then, yeah. you know, that could, that could just make sense and stuff like yeah. that. And you stayed at the Stagecoach RV Park and, yeah, and which did is some great. real laundry, your first zero, mm -hmm. you know, in an episode with my daughter. Well, OK, before I say that, who sweats more? Do you both drip? <laughs> oh, Do you both not sweat? Luke I'm definitely was more of a sweater, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I should mention that, too. Like, Luke and I didn't really call each other by our trail names. Like, you never called me Baja. And, like, I called him Babe, which is, like, how he got his trail name from everyone else. But Is that his trail name, Babe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it Babe, babe. or Bay? Babe. Okay. Like the pig. But not because yeah. of the pig. Just because, like, I called <laughs> well, him Babe you know, so much. Yeah. These married people, they're, they're saying trail names. They don't even know it's a trail name. They're like, yeah, exactly. Honey. <laughs> so yeah i i'll i usually refer i refer to you as luke on trails i'm, I don't know, I just I'm going to... off on a tangent because okay so luke's the dripper he's so totally I sweat, the dripper. like i sweat like it's i sweat so it's sort of like were you ever scared of like 
am I going to get dehydrated? Like, am I going to be able to carry enough water? Because that's a little scary to me. Like, I don't sweat like a pig. But um, if, but if it's like, you know, hot, because where you live and where I live, it's kind of the same weather. Yeah, you know, just say, you know, and, you know, in the summertime, you go for a walk and I sweat. If everyone else is sweating, I don't care. We're all sweating. But you don't no. want to be the only one sweating. But you know what I mean? I feel like it kind of regulated after like the first couple of weeks, maybe. But we were always super careful about like making sure we had extra water. Um, at, least, at least like I think it's different for everyone. But we were planning on like uh, a liter for every four miles. It wouldn't early in yeah, the desert. I think it depends that. on the heat, but um, and like your your level of fitness. But you sweat way more than me. Mm-hmm. And and I, I would always drink everything but half a liter before we got to the next water source. Yeah, I sweat when I stop. That's when I sweat. I don't sweat as much doing stuff. It's when I stop. I just, it drips. Yeah. Yeah, Luke does the same thing after a run. He can't even come in the house. Yeah, I'll take like, you know, 10 minutes to sweat him out outside. And sometimes he'll take a shower and come out and he's still sweating. I don't know what's wrong. (laughs) You're not alone. But my daughter, we were just, like I said, we were just joking around in one of the episodes and and somebody asked, uh, whatever, it was like questions with Sue and stuff. And my daughter was like, oh yeah, just as a joke, she's like, you need to bring deodorant because I kind of asked her like, are you going to bring like a toiletry kit? Cause she has no idea. Right. Are you going to bring this big makeup bag type of thing? <laughs> and then she's like, Oh, you need deodorant. And I'm like, people, I don't, people don't really bring deodorant. Yes. No. They might bring it, but they'll stop. Like when that little travel, whatever pit stick is gone. Yeah. They usually don't like, that's just, and she's, so she doesn't understand it. Like she's not a YouTube expert or whatever, but it's okay. I think when you get out there and you feel the weight of that backpack, then you make your changes when you are ready. And then you start to realize, okay, this deodorant isn't even working anymore. Yeah, Why no am point. I carrying it? And that's when you make your changes when you're ready. But some people, some people don't, I mean, yeah, it's weird comfort levels, right? What's it like for you guys? Because really, but the whole question of my ramble is, is like, what's it like mentally to sort of like turn into like a dirty dirt bag where you just don't like, you know, before hiking the trail, you might, you think more about Mm -hmm. how presentable you are, how you smell or whatever, you know, we're all human or whatever. Yeah. But what's it like mentally to just like not care anymore and then let go? Yeah. What's it like to just like, when you just truly let go and you're not even, yes, I'm sure you think about it a little bit Mm -hmm. of like, Oh my God, I stink. I think I can smell myself or whatever. Like even if no one can smell you, you can just think you can smell you. You you know what I mean? What's it like to let go? It's pretty freeing, honestly. And I let go early on. And when I got to Lake Marina, I was um, in the bathroom washing my face and this girl was like, Oh, you can go over here and get quarters. And I was like, Oh no, 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 I'm not going to shower. And she was like, kind of giving me like judgmental eyes. I was like, oh, I just started yesterday. And she's like, oh, I'm on day three. And I'm like, okay, like, I just didn't care. Like, I'm not going to shower this early on. And when I got to Julian, and I got in the shower there, there wasn't even soap or shampoo and conditioner. So I just took a wet shower. And I ended up coming out even dirtier than before. So that was my <laughs> lesson of like, there's just no point in showering at all. Like You're just going to get nasty. And I remember talking to some of the girls there and they asked me how my shower was and if I felt amazing. And I remember just feeling kind of the same. And they told me that there was shampoo and conditioner in the hiker box. And I didn't even know about the hiker box. I didn't know that was a thing. So pro tip. Yeah. 
Pro tip, pro tip, pro tip, pro tip. There's, There's usually good stuff. good stuff in there. Like, say you're missing deodorant, you could cut the top off and use the rest. Or there's gonna be some soap in there or whatever that you need to kind of get yourself to feel, yeah. you know, normal again. But it's it really is a freeing experience to let go and just embrace how you smell. And I think in the morning, this is the only time we could really smell each other. Yeah, like trail food kind of does something to you, and sleeping bags you do just absorb all the smells. Yeah, that quilt—I don't know—the power of the quilt—it just traps every toot and every smell inside. And sometimes in the morning when you open it up, it's just like a wafting. Like, did you bring like some people? well, did you have like sleep clothes? Like sometimes people put mm-hmm. on a certain thing just to try to keep their quilt cleaner. No, no sleep clothes, but we did use uh cocoon like silks. Silk so, like, liners. Yeah, that was another liners. thing. Yeah, silk liners. That helps too. Those were amazing. It helps if, especially on those, if it gets cold too. Help. Well, even when it was hot, we just got to use the liner. Yeah, that's it was really comfortable. Yeah. yeah, it feels really nice. I really preferred the liner. I think um, that was our luxury item. Yeah. Because the bags yeah. really will get so dirty. And you can just, if you use a liner, you can just wash it when you do your laundry, whenever mm-hmm. you get a chance. So it really does keep things a lot cleaner. Yeah. Well, I was telling my daughter, like, you know, sometimes people will have, like, the baby wipe bath, right? Because, you know, you just want to wash your, you just want to wipe your hands. You want to wipe your face just to feel a little more normal and maybe just, you know, take care of your feet. The rest, whatever. Maybe the fourth wipe, you're just wiping your bits or something. But after <laughs> a while, you're like, you know. As long as you wipe it forth, you know, not, you know, first and then whatever. That's a silly joke. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it is cool. I think just to kind of what, like, what's it like to just let go? Yeah. I think like the baby wipe thing, uh, we focus on our feet. Yep. Get it's the all dirt on your feet. Get Makes the salt sense. out. Because uh, we really didn't have any issues with like blisters or anything. I had one blister the entire trail. Yeah. And I really think that having good like foot hygiene and, Figuring out like what kind of sock regiment you even want is yeah. important, and it's different for everyone. But um, yeah, or really even just like how many pairs of underwear, you know, all that kind of stuff. Everyone I mean, we just, just has got rid of our underwear at one point. Yeah, we at, started doing... Wrightwood. I got rid of everything. Yep. What did you wear mostly on the bottoms? Did you do tights? Did you do shorts? I just did shorts. I wore these outdoor voices shorts. Um, I started actually with this like clearance pair of REI shorts, and they had. Um, a drawstring waistband that kept irritating my back. So on my way to Kennedy Meadows South, I had sent a pair from Outdoor Voices there and they ended up being the pair that I wore to the end. And I actually, I just ordered another pair from them because they're so good. Mm -hmm. Cool. They have pockets? No, no pockets, no liner. Hmm. Yeah. And I just did running shorts. Yeah. Um, And I actually cut the liners out because I didn't like them, but mine were just cheap, like target shorts. Yeah. Um, but they worked. Yeah. Worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all, it's all crazy to me. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun doing this podcast. Cause it's just fun. It's just, it's fun just shooting the shit or whatever. I know everyone has their own method. Like, I think I was probably the most crusty in our friend group. Would you agree with that? Uh, crusty, crusty, like, you know, just like embracing the nastiness. Like, I don't know. How did you explain crusty? You're just moody. No, 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 not like moody, just like not caring. Like oh, okay. I would just like kind of blow my nose with my shirt and just like do some snot rockets. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like crusty. 
like that. It's not rockets. Plus, it said the word <laughs> tube. Like, you, we would uh, wash our socks like down the rivers, like down creek, you know? Yeah. And uh, you just hang them off your bag. And you, you try to tuck them in when you're in town just so you don't freak people out. But when you're walking on trail, just kind of like doing your laundry out in the air is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. It is, totally is what it is. It's just like whatever you want to do. Yeah. Which is you. Fun. You mentioned in IG, and I say that a lot because, you know, that's what I was kind of following here. You know, but you resupplied at Warner Springs at a gas station. You were like, oh, man, they got all the right, you know, food for backpackers, even vegans. Are you are both of you like sort of vegans? Yeah, we've mm-hmm. been vegan now for what, two years? Mm-hmm. Um, and that specific gas station, I think we had read some of the comments that it like didn't have anything. But when we got there, like there was plenty of ramen noodles. There was. Um, oh, cliff bars. The refried bean dip. That changed my whole life. Yeah. F- another oh. pro tip. Frito-Lay refried bean dip is worth the wait. So okay. Cool. I'll write that down. Because I'm Canadian. So half the crap we don't have up here, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the amount of selection is ridiculous. I'm not going to be happy with the prices. I'm not going to be happy converting Canadian dollars to American dollars. But mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's, it's going to be mind-blowing to us. That's totally. true. That is that's a good point. I mean, we've always seen Canadian prices on all of our stuff. Yeah. Over here. I think some people get used to like, especially in the beginning, like wanting to only have like mountain house meals or like the backpacker pantry kind of thing. And you realize that you can't always get those on trail. And it's expensive. It's super expensive per per meal. So we've started just doing like couscous. Uh, couscous, ramen. Uh, always have a pack of tortillas. I always had a jar of peanut butter. Oh, we did um, like oatmeal. I would just pour water right into the packet, like just from my water bottle. And I just like slurp it into my mouth. That was so good. Yeah. Did you guys cold soak? Did you have like a Talenti jar type of thing? Yeah, we started with a stove and I was like really against the stove. I mean, one, because I didn't want to carry it. And two, because I just felt like I didn't need it. Like I was going to be fine. I would rather. One of you guys could have had a stove, right? Like you could have had. You could, you know what I mean? There's two of you too. So. Yeah, yeah, but we had, so we had a Z-Pax triplex tent. So one person had to carry the tent and one person Ooh, had to carry. You're living large, man. You're living large. Well, we need to have a happy marriage. Yeah, the duplex <laughs> was way too small for the two of us. A and lot of people. Well, fit your packs inside. So that's yeah. nice. It was so nice. And we ended up putting our packs in there almost every night. Yeah. And a lot of people um, by themselves will have a duplex. If it ever rained, would you invite friends over just to sit and chat? No, we didn't. I think near the pushed. end we did. Well, just that wasn't even raining though. We just had friends over for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really tight, but I mean, when it rained, we just pushed. Yeah. Except for that one day, we all got in that bathroom together. Yeah. Did you sleep in the? I've seen like sometimes they sleep in like a pit toilet. I feel like it's close to the border or somewhere like in. Yeah, no, we didn't. I wish we would have, but we, it was too early in the day. We had miles to keep going. Yeah. So I guess, okay, I'm Canadian. So is a pit toilet always like wood or can it be a, you know, flushable? Mm -mm. So it's just like, so kind of at some of these state parks, they don't have access to like plumbing. So they just dig a big hole and then they build a toilet on top of it. So it's just like a single block room with Mm -hmm. a toilet and then all it has is a lid. So it's like a like a more established porter potty. Mm-hmm. You'll hear this on trail. A throne is a throne, and even if it's a little dirty, it's you know it's still better than you know exactly. Well, you, can hover. you can hover. You know, women are more high. I'd hover. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. 
So <laughs> don't bury your toilet paper. Anything but that. Yes. I know, I know. And I've never pooped in a hole in that, but I have heard, um, you know, because sometimes like animals will dig it up and then people see like toilet paper, like yeah. Out, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's we were just really talking about that with the, the, the garbage people that are going to, they're going to do it soon. Yeah, Tori it's really and upsetting. And certain trails have different, um, how would you say it? There's different rules. Like, I think it's yeah. a relatively new rule that you're not allowed to bury your toilet paper. And you'll actually see some signs that still say, like, make sure you're burying your toilet paper. Yeah. But, it really comes down to the person. It's like, can anyone see me right now? Yeah. Go, it's like, you know, what do you do like, when you're alone? And some people just don't even know. Like, we told some people, like, no, you have to carry on a bag. And they, they just didn't so know. so confused. And I'm like, hold on a second. On the permit, it says that you will pack out your TP. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to go by. And, I mean, we they've even talked about eventually having people pack out their own poop. Yeah. Remember hearing about that? Yeah, certain sections like on like Mount Whitney. Bags? Yeah, like, like on Mount Whitney, Whitney, you have to use wag bags if you if you need them. Another um, problem is marking your your place, and everyone does it different. Some people build like little rock piles. Other people put a stick put sticks on it. But like definitely, if you're out there, make it known where you were because I've tried to dig a hole before and like put my trowel right into someone else's. Yeah, that's so fun. Which honestly is like one in a million, I feel like. It's one in a million, but it's the (laughs) worst experience. Well, you know, it's just like, you know, in Canada, like if a seagull poops on you, it's good luck. So maybe that should be a sign of good luck. (laughs) Luke, that's true. Good fortune. I mean, that's honestly And then you buy a lottery ticket. The next gas station you go and you buy a lottery (laughs) ticket. You could win some Powerball thing and then you could feed everyone in Africa. The next time you do that, Luke, you are going to... I missed my chance, huh? Missed it, man. Thank you to our sponsor, Triple Crown Coffee, who is dedicated to the craft of fine coffee and the preservation of the three national scenic trails of the United States. They offer three roasts, the Appalachian Trail, which is a medium roast with hints of caramel, cane sugar, and vanilla. Second is the Continental Divide Roast with hints of hazelnut. And my personal favorite, the Pacific Crest Trail Roast, which is a medium to heavy roast with hints of chocolate and caramelized sugar. Pick up some today with a little bag of organic dark chocolate dipped espresso beans to chew on. The owner, Chris, has hiked all three trails, achieving the illustrious Triple Crown. His coffee is farm to cup, promoting leave no trace ethics from farms that employ sustainable harvest methods and environmentally friendly practices. Kickstart your day tomorrow and get out on the trail. Triple Crown gives a portion of the proceeds of your purchase to the three different trail organizations in the United States. We would like to remind you to also donate a little to the trail of your choice and promote the sustainability that we enjoy each season. We thank Chris for being a sponsor and we look forward to him joining our podcast to talk about his adventures. What's your temperature right now? Oh, okay. So yesterday was really bad. Yeah. It was like minus 27 in Canadian. Yeah. I don't know what that is in American. That sounds cold. I love in Canadian. <laughs> Today we're at like, I think it's like 40. It's like a balmy 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Here. Yeah, it's 40, which is amazing. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, hey, it's Google. Oh, wait, so that's five degrees in Canadian. Five degrees or Celsius. Five degrees. 40 degrees Celsius is equal to 104 degrees Fahrenheit. Ah, it's lost. It's I don't well, I, I can see we have our um, thermometer outside and our like it's dial both. is at 40 and I can see below it says five. But- yeah, some, sometimes my mind is like, it's like, I want to learn 
like I don't know what it is until like I am the type of person where I don't really look at the weather. I just go out. Yeah. And it is what it is, you uh-huh. know. Yeah. And the same thing, I don't want to learn what the American, like people say, oh, it's 50 degrees or it's whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like, yes, if somebody says it's 70 degrees, like, okay, that sounds hot. If they say it's like 104, that mm-hmm. sounds like it's like Mars, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's where you need to like hike at night or something or be careful or well, whatever. Yesterday it was negative 20 here. Your, was- your, your temperature. Oh, and my temperature. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's, that's cold. Yeah, it's it was like- brutal. You know what's going to be a lifesaver for you is there's a website called AT Weather. Are you familiar with that one? No. Uh, It's really good. You can tell it what mile you're at on the PCT and it'll tell you what the weather is going to be or like, you know, what stretch that you're going to be doing. It'll give you like the 10 day forecast. And so that was super helpful in the Sierra. All right. I'm going to like, because obviously when I edit this and I do little show notes and stuff and put links to stuff, I will find that and put a link to it. That's really cool. You did 26 miles on your 26th birthday, you know, Mm -hmm. what's that like mentally on trail to have your birthday? Because as you're sort of walking, I'm sure you're reflective, right? You're thinking like, I'm 26. What's my life ahead? You're thinking of the life behind, Mm -hmm. you know, you got married a year ago. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, you're probably thinking about your dad's passing and that kind of stuff Mm because now you're doing the trail. What's that like mentally just to be, to have a birthday on trail or just the reflection part of it? Like it can be good and bad and yeah I definitely felt like I was exactly where I was meant to be and that felt really good I mean yeah so many years of dreaming of this and then so amazing to have my life partner want to do it with me everything just felt right and even more so you know where we camped that night before was like a perfect 26 miles to Big Bear and that was not even planned it was just we were exhausted and we wanted to camp and that was at mission that's good luck yeah, lottery so, ticket. Like it's. I know it's twenty six miles, and, and it's like, yeah. oh my goodness, I didn't plan that. I know, and I was teased. Like, so are you going to do twenty six for your twenty six? And I was just thinking, no, you know. But deep down, I'm like, I want to. And that day before was really hard. Um, Mission Springs was really a hard day for me because most of the trail was washed out. Whitewater Preserve. Yeah. Oh, but, that but, just looks. That just pisses you off. You're like, where is? Yeah, it was brutal. Imagine well, you didn't have phones. You'd be like, "Where? Where's the trail?" It was a really big struggle, and you know, a few days before that, we'd been like really hot from the desert sun, and we decided like we would wake up earlier that day so that we could beat the heat. So we woke up at like three a.m. We're like, "We're gonna do Ooh. night hiking." Ooh. Yeah, but then we couldn't find the trail because it was just so dark out, and then the trail was a mess. So. I just ended up like laying down on the side and I'm like, I can't do it. I'm done for the day. And just like took a long nap. And then Luke motivated me and we had to keep going. So that next day was my birthday. So we had a really, really difficult day the day before. So to whip out that 26 in the beginning like that felt pretty amazing. Um, I knew like eventually down the road, I wanted to do bigger miles. So I needed to do this to know that it felt amazing. And you know, what's so funny is there was this guy that we had seen a little bit who was kind of an oddball and um we kind of like had kept our distance from him and we ran into him while we were doing our 26 and he said that he was trying to go to big bear as well and i was like oh no like we have to go yeah or you could say i'm lost and i'm gonna do you mind if i just follow you i know know? it was like Like eight feet behind you and you just feel like you can't talk and totally well and then he he tells us like oh i just took some mushrooms so you guys might want to go ahead of me in case things get weird. And I'm like, 
what do you mean things get weird? So I, the last six miles, I hiked so fast. <laughs> like I'm getting away from this weirdo. Goodbye. This is my birthday. Like, you know, so my mind is in a lot of different places. Um, but yeah, it, I ended up like that 26 miles, we came out swinging. Like we oh, just yeah. went for did, it. Did you have like a little uh, Swiss army, like the little tiny one? Yeah. So it's like you got the toothpick out, you got the knife and the scissors no, out. I didn't have anything out. I just knew this guy was high and there's no way he could catch up to me. <laughs> you could just give him a really good push and then you run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I just kept looking behind me. I actually almost got the trail name six. Cause I always like watched my six and that's something my dad would tell me anytime Ooh, I was in the house. I'm like, learning so much. That's clever. Is that just like six o'clock is behind yeah. you? Yeah. Is so it like, you know, like the me. weirdo at, you know, there's a weirdo at nine o'clock. Exactly. My dad would just always say to me, like, watch your six, Miss Jackson. Like, All right. I like that. <laughs> that's just always something. And, you know, a friend of mine on trail Lux, she had noticed that I'd done that. And so she wanted to call me six, but it you just, keep you keep spreading this wisdom. I'm going to call this episode pro tips. <laughs> oh wow! Hey, I'm not I don't know that I'm a pro. I mean, it's amazing being out there, and you feel like even now, like you just did this whole hike, and everyone looks at you so much differently. But when you're out there, you know there's like Professor Carl who's doing like the like record the whole year, and then like our friend Gasket who did like the yo-yo like there and back. So you just it's to people around you in your circle, you're like the coolest person, but we know like so many, so much cooler people who so really more, are pros. So much more wisdom than what we have after mm -hmm. just one hike. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Like one of the cool things about the PCT is that you have this collection of hobnobs, you know, whatever. And, but, and so people come, you know, someone's a brain surgeon, somebody's a plumber, somebody's mm -hmm. a whatever. It doesn't matter. You have all these professions, different ages, and on trail, you're just, you know, yes, you might like maybe, you know, uh, your first campfire type of thing, you know, like, you know, you're just shooting the shit with people or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they might say like, you know, maybe people ask, especially at the beginning, oh, what do you do or where are you from? Sure, you'll say where are you from, blah, 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 blah. But after a while, you don't care, really care what people's professions are. Like nobody, you're all equals. Yeah, yeah, it's an equalizer cool. for sure. It does it's really, it's, I think it's a really neat dynamic sure you get the young and old yeah kind of guess, but other than that yeah you're all doing the same thing you're just and everyone's doing it a little bit differently and that's cool because everyone has their different agendas or different whatever whys and but generally you're there to do the same thing so yep mm -hmm. everyone's out there for pretty much the same reason all right we're having a really slow day i don't know what happened but like my right foot I kind of have a bunion. I've had it my whole life, but it's like really hurting me today. And like we have gone up the side of the mountain that's like leaned on it. So I thought maybe that was the issue, but now I'm not too sure. I like took a lot of breaks and I've been elevating it, um, but we had to just like stop and we wrapped it in KT tape, which I'm so happy we got. Wrapped in KT tape and put Tiger Balm on it. And I did take an ibuprofen and I am feeling better. I still feel some pressure, but ultimately this is way better. 
days, I mean, look, uh, we're still at the beginning, but days 10 to 12, your feet are hurting. And you were kind of saying you had this silent black and white emotional post on IG. I guess I'm going to use the sound clip of that or whatever, but it doesn't, I'm not talking about that day, but overall, I think you said that basically even through the whole trail, your bodies were, that held up really well. I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. you got a couple blisters, but nothing crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that crying video, the black and white one, I don't know what I did to my right foot, but like the right side of it hurt really, really bad. Like I could barely walk on it. I still got you must get scared. You must get scared of like, oh my God, I don't want this hike to be over. I'm on oh yeah. Eight, you know what? And so 11. bizarre. My first thought is like, do I need to contact my friends and let them know I can go to their wedding now? You know, my mind is just like messed up I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> I was fine. I just like was really spooked. And um, I needed some mushrooms. Yeah, right. <laughs> I needed something. I had Tiger Balm, and that's what saved me, truly. There you go. And um, PT tape and Tiger Balm. Yeah, there was this guy named Nathan who we'd kind of hiked around, who I had a hunch that he had been a doctor. What do you mean? Uh, I'm such a comedian, but a guy named Nathan, is that his trail name or that's his name? That was just his name. It was so early on. There weren't many trail names. (laughs) But Nathan, I kind of pegged as a, a doctor. We started calling him Dot. Doctor on trail. Yeah. Um, and I saw him at PVC and I kind of came up to him like real quietly, like, Hey, I know you're a doctor. Can I, I hurt my right foot. Like, can you help me? And he was like, who told you I was a doctor? And I was like, no, no one did. I just like, you knew the name of like the knee pit. Like he knew the medical term for knee pit. And then I asked him, I quizzed him like, well, what's the name for your armpit? So he just knew everything. And yeah, he told me, like, keep your shoe on all the time. Your shoe is going to be your splint. Like, let's just tie it really tight, wrap you up in KT tape, and, you know, elevate it when you can. And that's what I did. I literally did not take my shoe off. And that is what saved me. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you ever bump into uh, Blaze Physio with the red van and the, and the dog? No. And you know what's hilarious about that is I had heard when I had injured my foot on trail, people told me that there was this lady that hangs out in Big Bear who does like uh, physical therapy. No, and PVC is what Oh, PVC. Heard. That was like the trail rumor. At PVC is this lady who does uh, physical therapy. And I'm like, all right, I can make it to PVC. And I get there and she's no one's there. And we are all cracking up. We realized it was just a big trail rumor. And it wasn't until like, I think the Sierra that we realized this was an actual person. And she commented on one of my Instagram posts. And I, I think I messaged her letting her know, like, I thought you were a trail rumor. I can't yeah. believe you're real. <laughs> yeah, she's got a new van and stuff. She's she's it'll be ready. So, yeah, she was kind of camping up near the border mm-hmm. near warner springs and then and then gradually she'd move up that's so awesome yeah she's really sweet so um and also uh, so even like well i mean obviously we're moving up the trail i mean we'll get a little faster and that kind of stuff but you know i was really happy you know even you mentioned trevor you know even just hiking through that section you mm-hmm. know before idlewild and i was saying like you know we talked to doug in episode nine or whatever like that but did you i mean obviously before i talked to doug doug was kind of on four other podcasts and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I, I remember we, I remember he had this open letter from the Trek like yeah. a couple of days after Trevor and that got me. Okay. And then I'm like, you know, I'm like that trying to Google everything. I want to just mm-hmm. read everything or watch or whatever. And then mm-hmm. did you ever listen to that episode? Did you ever listen to that podcast? Did you listen to any like backpacker radio or no, 
No, we didn't, but we read, we read about that and I read it to my mom and yeah, we were definitely really choked up reading that, but we never Mm -hmm. listened to any uh, podcasts before about the trail. The new thing, but now there's a whole bunch. I I think the more the merrier. I mean, yeah, totally. Like I said, I like to listen to the PCT ones. I don't really want to, if someone did the 18, nothing wrong with them, but Mm -hmm. I just, I like the PCT ones and stuff Yeah, and whatever. So but yeah what was it like around that area just even just because obviously you know leaving paradise cafe you know you go up and up and up and then Mm -hmm. there's uh you'll get to idlewild and then there's mount jacinto but what was that like like um you know kind of like in your past experiences like even though that's not like incredibly crazy elevation it still is elevation especially or whatever but what was your experience with elevation Mm -hmm. and and what was that section like for you? Because obviously, you know, there's a lot of blowdowns and stuff. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of hard. Yeah, I think like um, San Jacinto in general kind of sneaks up on you. And you don't realize like what. Quick. Yeah, you don't realize exactly what you're getting into. But the vibe around PVC was about Trevor. And all of us had our micro spikes and our ice axes sent there. Like, I don't think I knew anyone that had gone into it at the same time as us that didn't have mm-hmm. at least one of those pieces of gear. And this is in March. So there's still lots of snow up there. Yeah, sure. And it was really, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a feeling on the trail. Um, it was heavy. It was heavy. And I thought when we went by his section that we were going to see a plaque. Like, I, I just assumed there'd be a plaque there. And we got there and there wasn't. I was kind of disappointed but then, I know gut hook or far out has a little. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. There's like a little warning sign. Um, but yeah, I thought there'd be a plaque there, but everyone was telling me the conditions are just so bad. But so even though you're did. not, I think they snuck a sign. I'm sorry. to. Oh, to, good. Like, good. I think, I think a long time ago, uh, Doug layer, I think they did put a sign, but it was taken down. Cause it's like, it's not an official sign or whatever. Yeah. And I think they worked with them and they do have, cause they, cause he also wanted, because originally the alternate this because of the uh-huh. yep. there was a burn section or something yep. it burned down the sign so some people didn't know that there was an alternate so yep. they put up a new sign and I oh think good good market, but yeah that's awesome right before that section uh with like the snowshoe um is like the, the last water for a little bit mm-hmm. okay so people and you have to walk down like a half mile to get the water yes so i've heard about that kind of an area where everyone sits and takes a break. And so it really does kind of hit in that moment, knowing like you're about to do this section yeah. uh, where someone had passed. So it okay. really does kind of weigh on the situation, but in a good way, you know, a healthy mm-hmm. respect for the mountain. Yeah. We were all talking about it. I mean, I just remember sitting there and everyone asking like, are you going to wear your spikes over that section? Like, do you know what it looks like yet? Or have you talked to any Sobos or day hikers? I mean, that was the talk. We were all <laughs> nervous and, even though it's not really high elevation necessarily compared to like what you experience on the trail, mm-hmm. the shoots are significant. Mm-hmm. And in that section where Trevor had passed, um, there was snow that was still there. I mean, oh, yeah. anytime like you're kind of in like a shadow, there's going to be snow left over. And especially in March. Yeah, it was still there for us. So we were happy to have our spikes with us and our axes. We didn't need our axes, but our spikes ended up being really nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's just good to have it. It's like, yeah, it's just really good to and have. then you can like pitch it ahead and, and you'll get it in the Sierras, like, you know, the ice axe or, or whatever, yeah. like, well, or, you know, whatever. Oh yeah. We just bounced them up. And I think like 
even at PVC, when we were talking about it, we all kind of like knew we didn't necessarily need our ice axes because there wasn't that much snow there for us. When oh, we yeah. Unless, they, unless you know about that. That's, that's exactly. Because we had the sand jack down report. Um, but we all kept them because we thought, well, maybe we could practice and like learn how to use these before we get into the Sierra. It felt like you carry your axe for Trevor. Yeah, definitely was like ceremonial. Yeah. And you actually met. You, you bumped into that legend, St. <laughs> Jack John. Yeah. Yes, that was so crazy. We were headed up Devil's Slide, and I see this large man, and I'm like, are you St. Jack John? <laughs> I just, like, knew the, like... Did you get a picture with him? Yeah, I got a photo with him, and he was wearing, like, an all-orange outfit, and he was carrying a... Um, what did he have? A uh, it was, saw. like, one of those weed whackers that turns into a chainsaw or something. He was out there taking huh. care of some of the blowdowns, and I was just so excited to see him. He's so... He's a big dude. He's very tall. I didn't know he was like really, really tall. Yeah, I had yeah. no idea. And we were just saying like, thank you for all that you do. Like, what's your Venmo? We was, really appreciate you, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. He goes up and down so much. It's ridiculous. He's a real asset. It's really a really good thing that he does. Yeah. And then I was also jealous because sometimes you get into Idlewild and sometimes you don't <laughs> see Mayor Matt. Hey, Mayor. Hey, Oh, good. We and they have like a set schedule for when they come into the town and we had missed it during our Nero. And so then during our zero, I think I'd like, you know, like just got out of the shower and like checked the time and we're like, Oh no, we need to go. And like <laughs> running outside of the Idlewild Inn trying to get there, <sighs> which is really silly. And there was a long line. And I, we got up there, and it kind of feels like taking a photo of Santa. It's very, everything's flustered. Smile for the camera, Max, Max, this way. Max loves snack, like just screaming. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, it is Santa Claus for sure. Yeah, for Christmas, I would like to make it to the Canadian border. Yeah. Thank you. Max is probably deaf. Can you imagine how many times, like, it's sort of like, you know, it's like, it's like, like that's how some moms are, right? Like, don't run, don't run. Hey, hey, don't run, don't run. And you right. Just, like, don't hear it. Like, it's, you don't hear your mom yeah totally you're just doing whatever you want to do yeah uh, you also met the daily family out on trail Mm -hmm. you had a lot of little lucky encounters you got to to do yoga with like little joshua which (laughs) is so cute that was Um, so cute yeah i still keep in touch with them we message probably like once a week just like some little thing back and forth because we post pretty wild we post a lot so her and i just kind of support each other in that and uh, we met them the first time at PVC, and then the second time we met them right before we hit mile 200. Um, and yeah, they were just like running around, and I remember they were like checking in on us, like, "Is it okay if they're running around?" We're like, "Oh yeah, for sure, for sure." And they like, drew a circle. We're like, "Everyone stay within the circle," and then we're drawing lines to see who could run and jump to what line. And they were just asking for more lines. I remember Sequoia was like, more lines, more yeah. lines. The kids are having so much fun. Yeah. It's I'm just crazy. Like sweating in the heat, like trying to draw as many lines as I possibly could. Yeah. 
I didn't even know that people were bringing their kids out there until I got to Scissors Crossing. And Purple Rain Skirt shows up with her, her husband, and her kid bedtime. Yeah, bedtime. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, hello. And immediately, uh, the dad and bedtime are, like, doing a little, like, what was Like it? a lesson. Like, like a, a little lesson. lesson. Yeah, so I think he was a teacher. And so they immediately were yes. getting into the groove of, like, their little lesson for the day while mom was getting everything ready. And she was just telling us how, you know, they have, like, an unconventional view on things for how they want to raise their kid and I was just kind of broke a lot of barriers for me and I thought that was really cool and it's definitely made me think about it more and more just you know Luke and I in our own relationship and eventually you know wanting to start a family I mean through hiking is a part of our lives now and that's never going to go away so what does that look like with kids and it's clear that you can take them out there and if you have experience then I mean go for it mm -hmm. yeah so I think it's really cool and it definitely makes me feel less stuck because my whole thing was like, I need to do this trail. I, I need to do it before I can do anything else. Like I couldn't start a family without like having done this for myself. Like this was my one goal that I wanted to do. And now that I've done it, I'm kind of like, oof, maybe I'd do another trail. Or, and also <laughs> like if I did start a family, you're not really stuck. Like, you can take them out with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and there's a, there's a lot of days of suck, you know, whether it's you or it's uh -huh. me and or whether you're little Josh or, you know, Sequoia. There's a lot of days, there's a lot of days that, you know, at least like Marquetta, like, I think that's how you say her name. Like mm -hmm. she just was like, it's not all rosy. She was very true. Like there was a lot of days yeah. that the kids wanted to go home. And yeah, and that's hard too. But it's really hard. Especially if you're in the beginning, right? You're just like, you don't want to give up and stuff. Totally. It's just hard. Yeah. Hard. And she had mentioned like talking about how, you know, dealing with your own emotions on trails, one thing, but then having to deal with like kids emotions as well, you know, you're trying to just figure out like how you feel. And then you're dealing with like other people's emotions. I mean, Luke and I, we had that a little bit, but it's just the two of us, you know, like normally people set out alone, they solo hike it, but we were doing it together. And so we like relied on each other and we checked in a lot. And I feel like we came out on top just because we've just known each other for so long and we have like a really like a deeper understanding for like our needs and everything. And I think yes. that really helped us. And I mean, my dad passing brought us closer together than like I knew was even possible. Well, through and, adversity or through all yeah. the hard stuff, mm -hmm. that's where you get a lot closer and stuff. Definitely. And it's also, you know, even when you're, you know, you start dating, like let's say there's a, another little kid out there and you start dating a guy or well, let's say you start dating a guy you don't know the truth. It takes a while to know the truth of what you got. But if yeah. the guy, you know, if the guy gets cut off in a car and he has road rage and he wants to get out and fight the other person, mm -hmm. well, you're going to learn the truth a yeah. little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's how they deal with, like, whether it's sadness, tragedy, Definitely. adversity. That's when you at least you get to the truth quicker. And yeah. Least yeah. You understand what you have. And then so you two doing a through hike together. Mm -hmm you know more about what you have. Yeah, definitely. And I, I tried to be pretty transparent on my Instagram throughout the hike of like what was going on. And ULA did like a little highlight on me and they mentioned what an emotional like roller coaster my trip had been. And I hadn't even thought of it like that. But then I looked back and I realized, okay, I guess I did share a lot of like raw moments I had felt. And then recently I put together like a bunch of my crying videos just to show people like, these are my lowest lows and it's not just 
I love that. Yeah. I love it. And I love the, you know, I love the slow motion champagne at the end. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I love I how to do that. That too. looks so good. Thanks. I just wanted to just be as real about this as I could be. And I never expected that video to blow up the way it did. It wasn't a popular song. I didn't do any special, like, yeah, but sometimes, you know, it's just, let's say it gets a lot of comments or a lot yeah. of likes. It gets seen to more people and it, it, it blows up too. Yeah. Right? Like, look at the whimsical woman. Uh huh. She, you know, obviously she had like vlogs and stuff like that. And in some of them, she was very emotional in some of them, right? And I think that's also what people liked about her vlogging um, mm -hmm. is like you saw a lot of the good days and you saw the bad days. And yeah. And I've had a really positive part. response from it. I mean, yeah, more people like wanting to be more vulnerable, which is really cool to see. I just think like Instagram can be either a space where you post, you know, the best things in your life or you're just more real about it. And I'm not a celebrity. Like I'm not really like anyone. I don't need to post like I am one. So I'm just being me and yeah, it's been really cool. You're sharing. It is what it is. Whether, yeah. And it, like, take it or leave it. <laughs> We're, we're getting there. So what were, what was sleeping like in the desert uh, or just sleeping in general, like cold nights? Is, is suck? I'm sure it's um, Well, we didn't really have any super cold nights except for a couple. Um, Do you have ten your degree, sleep system? Yeah, like, we had 10 degree bags. They're um, enlightened. enlightened equipment. Um, and then we also used Thermarest, like the inflatable pads, which are super common out there. Yeah. And so we were warm, especially with the the silk cocoon. I think that adds an extra ten degrees or something. That's what they say. And so we were. And you really can warm. snuggle. You can snuggle a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we. And two had people a lot inside of, of a tent really does add some warmth too. There was only one night, and it was our first and second night in uh, the Sierra that were really cold. Um, like unbearable. And it got down to like zero degrees outside. Our friends, like their contact solution, started to freeze inside of their tent. And their contact solution. It said I'd freeze at five degrees and lower. Yeah. So it was cold inside of the tent and we started to like, we were shivering all night and those were really kind of scary nights. And so at that point we um, ditched out to Lone Pine just to like wait for the cold to subside and it warmed up and then we were fine. And that was okay. really the only That's time that it was, it was unbearably cold. What was your routine like when you got into camp? Like, certain person does this another person mm -hmm. does this uh like what was just your basic what time did you your what was your average time that you were like you would love to set up camp at mm. and then what who does the chores and what do you kind of do yeah okay loaded question i will say it just changed so much throughout the trail so i will say that but my ideal world would be like i'd done a 30 and at 5 p.m. I'm in my tent and the sun's hitting me. But that's not realistic. That's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream. But we probably on average hiked until 7 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the beginning, Luke really did the most. Luke set up the tent. Luke blew up both the pads. Luke got everything together. And I boiled water. I mean, it was really skewed. And it wasn't until my friend Bambi noticed that Luke was always collecting water for me. And she said, like, what do you do? <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> so embarrassed because i realized not enough like luke sometimes people just do that like luke could just be doing that like he doesn't even think twice no like, not at all because i mean just, let's get this done yeah whatever. he's just such a good guy he just wants to take care of me and like uh, you just would always like do these things like just without even thinking about it and then she mentioned that to me and i realized wow luke is really giving 100 percent, and i'm not and boiling I, water is important that you know that, yeah water is really important <laughs> your life yeah. Well, that was the day I think when we had a really good talk, like, even though I was kind of flustered at her, like pointing it out, it was the truth. And 
we had like an issue and we didn't even realize until an outsider noticed us. And honestly, that's for the best because who knows how, who, I don't know how that could have turned out like down, like a long ways down. It could have become like an issue if I had gotten tired and gotten kind of sick of it or something like it would have been a problem later. Maybe the next day at 10 to 10 to seven at night, she's hiking in here. (laughs) Yeah. You know, she's like blowing it up early. She's like, Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna save the world tonight that's right well, we got into more of a routine where mal would usually set up the tent yeah um you know and then we would each kind of take care of our own things yeah it's definitely and it got better like yeah you we would start blowing up the pads and i would start pitching the tent and like if you weren't done with your pad then i'd start to blow up mine and then you'd finish it afterward but mm-hmm. it, was, it became balanced towards the end and that felt really good did you have two stoves no, we just had one in the beginning and then we ditched it. And right. And then when you were boiling water, is that like a big, a, a big ass pot, mm. you know, to kind of share? No. Or, or, I, I mean, our whole, like our, our stove system really wasn't even sufficient for what we were going to be using out there. Yeah. So we realized we weren't even really using it. And we, like you just started eating cold couscous you can cold soak it for like an hour and a half and it'll be good to go. Yeah. So we ditched it in right wood mm-hmm. and then we just started cold soaking and. Either we would, you know, have our dinner while we were hiking on trail or we would have it at camp, but it was always done. So we never had to like worry about heating anything up. We were always done with our food before our friends and just hanging out and laughing and whatever. Yeah. Cold soaking is really convenient for when you get to, it's like one less chore. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want, maybe, maybe uh, like you do a little bit of stove in the Sierras just as a little treat. If you want to do hot chocolate or tea, just to have. We didn't even do that. I mean, we were were really, yeah, Yeah. like I, I didn't want to carry anything. I was like, I want to get rid of everything in my bag. (laughs) And for some people, it's like a comfort to know that they can like boil water if it gets too cold outside. Um, But like, even when you're setting up the stove and like watching it light for and like burn for 15 minutes while it's trying to boil, you're freezing because you can't do it inside your tent. You don't want your sleeping, like your quilt to get burnt. Yeah, I'm just literally in my cocoon with my like talentage are eating my couscous just happy i think they're like navy seals yeah (laughs) i just i everyone was so sick of bars and i was just like bars are the way bars are so good yeah i know (laughs) there's so many there's so many flavors there's so many flavors and you just eat the bar and you go to bed just call it a day like you need to treat your stomach as just like this is just fuel for your stove and Nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. Get a mini, mini little Nutella thing. You just dip the bar in it a little bit. Oh, we couldn't even eat Nutella. It has milk in it. Oh, it's a bummer. I know we miss out on a lot of things. But yeah, but you know what? The way technology's going, there's gonna be like a new Nutella next year, be. right? Because there, there, there is so much more. Food I know there today is than there was. You know, even if you're gluten free. Yeah, no, definitely. And I would say for like anyone gluten free or vegan, like going out on trail, it is you can make it happen and you can make it work. I mean, even when you get to Mount Laguna, there's a vegan burger at Pine House and a vegan lasagna. It was insane. And then and even if you're not vegan, it's like it's fun to have a black bean burger. Totally. So. So, okay, so May 8th, you get to Kennedy Meadows. What were your thoughts? And you were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, yes, you get that fear. And I don't know what it's like. Like, obviously, you're going through the before Kennedy Meadows. It's like, I always call it the race to Kennedy Meadows. And it's windy. 
and you just want to change, you know, you want to flick a switch, you know, you're going to be at Kennedy Meadows, this is countdown, and then you're going to have this new section. But what were just your thoughts of the Sierras, like mm-hmm. that, the last couple of days leading up to Kennedy Meadows, I'm not saying you were scared, but it's it's a beast you've never done before. Yeah, yeah, we were really excited though. Okay, so that stretch in the desert, that was one of my favorite parts of the whole trail because we had our trail family. Okay, we met the people that we finished our hike with. At, okay, at- yeah, so you're making your Sierra team. Early. Yes, so you know I'm just like really getting to know everyone. You know I'm trying to like keep the band together. Like we got to enter together. And like my would have, cause you will like sometimes after Sierra's, then people do split up a little bit because yeah. they use that little, you know, that team in the Sierra's. Yes. So we were, but it's so- kind of cool that that's, I, I like that. I like how that part, cause you know, like you're learning all these people and you guys are jiving. Mm-hmm. And we ended up having like a big group. There was 13 of us that all hiked together every day through the Sierra. I think any, any famous people, any famous YouTubers or uh, not famous. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like any trail celebrities is what you'd call that. Well, yeah. or even just like uh like Instagram handles that you were with. Uh, uh like a popular people? No. no. That's okay. We, we only had one person ahead of us who was like a trail celebrity and like a YouTuber, but we never met her and um yeah. That well, was- who is it? Might as well just say who it is. Oh, what was Rocket Hikes? We would see her comments like in Far Out, but we never actually ran into her. Okay. Thanks for Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But we, since we were the earliest groups to enter the Sierra, I mean, not the earliest, but we were pretty early. Yeah. We didn't have that many comments to go off of. And she was one of the only comments that we really had. And yeah, her comments were uh, more feeling based than actual, like, this is the beta of the trail. And we were actually pretty disappointed because they were just comments about how the trail, it was no big deal. This pass was easy. Like you don't even not scary at all. Not scary at all. Like XOXO. And we're like, yeah, what? it's like an Instagram. It's like, it's like her sentence that she'd put on Instagram. She's kind of putting it on far out. Yeah. So that really bothered us. So when we <laughs> got into town, we all made a point to like comment on the passes we had done with just the facts of what it was. A trail is at this angle. Snowpack is this deep. You will need to do this here. Like, that's it. This I, is put more responsibility crazy. on you because especially if you are like the trailblazer a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Like you feel that you got to, you know, you're like that old person and you're trying to teach the young behind you. Yeah. So I was like pretty disappointed in her comments just because I knew she was really popular. So I I was, here's this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <Help laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But I don't know. I was just like. I thought it'd be something and it was something else. So yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of bummed. Yeah. And we had met some people like, I think it was in Bishop that were like, Oh yeah, I read ahead on far out that it's not a big deal. So I'm just going to send my ice axe. And we're like, what? And then we got up there and it was like, no, you absolutely need your ice axe. Yeah. Cause like, we didn't exit out of Kearsarge. We exited out of Bishop pass. So all of us had done Mather. And when we got to the Bishop hostel, none of the people there were at the point we were at. They all got out at, at Kearsarge. So we were like, we just did Mather Pass. If Do not send your ice axe home. Yeah. Yeah. Some people talk about Mather Pass being kind of sketchy. Yeah. So for us, it was just um, the snowpack and then the rocks that were there ended up being a scramble. 
And there were so many of us going up at the same time that like the rocks were rolling and it ended up being really dangerous. And it felt to me like, even if you self arrested on this, like your the rocks were going to roll with you. How are you going to like put your ice axe in? It just, it felt really dangerous. And it was the, like the slope the was- The angle of it was just so much steeper than every other pass. Yeah, that was definitely the steepest one. So each step, like, yeah, my stomach was just felt like it was just dropped. It's not, it's not always bad. like we saw videos of people that came through like two weeks after us and there's no snow anymore. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, I don't know what the, you know, what the drama yeah. is about this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I respect that. But the drama was just the time that we were there. Yep. You guys did the side trip, this, you know, side trip summit, um, at 14 and a half thousand feet on Mount Whitney, you know, you do the wake up at 1am to hit it by sunrise. Mm -hmm. What were the conditions like, uh, going up Whit Whitney? Um, what was it? Uh, like, what is it, like, is it scary going up in dark? Is you think it helps going up in? in, in um, I, I don't know. Like, does it make it a little bit scarier just because no. it's like you can't see? No, no, it's good. Honestly, like, yeah, in South Dakota, we'd hike Black Elk Peak in the dark, and it was like the dark aisles, the dark hours didn't count. Yeah, miles in the dark don't feel like they exist. Like, it feels like you when the sun's up, like, oh, I already did six miles. Like, that's just it. Just like went away. Um, was it crazy cold, windy? Yes. Whitney was very cold for us. Um, and I think it was just because the time we were there. We were in a cold snap. Um, but was what was nice about when we went up is that there was a full moon. So even when it was mm -hmm. like dark out, all the snow was lit up. So it was never like you can't see your step in front of you or anything. But it, the fact that it was dark meant that you can't like see how much further you have to go. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of motivating um, knowing that like, oh, okay, I'm just going to keep going and it'll be done when it's done instead yeah. of like having to see everything that's coming. Yeah. So going in the dark, it wasn't scary. And, it and was eat your carrots, eat your carrots before you get on the PCT. You there know? you go. Get some good eyesight. Yeah. But then go. also like just knowing that you're going to get up there for sunrise and then just like experiencing sunrise on top of the highest point is just such a awesome feeling. Yeah. And it was cool too. There was like just a trail of lights. You yeah. could see people in front of you, see people behind you. Yeah. It was cool like your it's like your own little everest yeah right it felt like it and we really took our time with it yeah so i have a heart condition i have long qt syndrome and i got it in like 2012 i was diagnosed and i've been on medication ever since and never had any issues and so this was like my first time really going up to like the highest point i've ever been so i was really nervous about that like how my body would react to it and so yeah, Luke and I woke up earlier than our friends and we took it really slow, just making sure I was checking in with myself. And there were two couples that were coming down who turned around because of the altitude sickness they were feeling. So I was just so nervous thinking yeah. like, is this going to be us? It can't be. We just kept yeah. going. And then eventually I could hear people coming up from behind us and I recognized their voices and it was our friends. And that was a really big motivator. So that boosted our moods up. We got to see everyone and they passed us and we just took our time. And when I got to the top, like you're kind of coming over on these big rock, like plates, like dinner plates, you know, and they're all moving. And you realize like, I am basically at the top. Like I don't have to do any more climbs. And my throat was just so like tight. I was just getting really choked up and just proud of myself and realizing like, I can do this. Like I can do this whole trail now that I've done this. Like, I, my body can handle it. And it was such a good, like a freeing moment for me to realize that in myself and to like see that I'd always felt held back by my heart condition. I always felt like 
I like couldn't run. I mean, I had to quit volleyball in high school because of it. Cause we didn't know oh. how I'd be. Yeah. And yeah, it just been this thing that had been in my way. And so getting up there was kind of this moment to be like, no, I am more than this. Like I can be athletic. Yeah. It was huge for me. And it was such a moment, I think for both of us, like, I guess starting out the trail, I thought like when I was hiking with Mal, I need to make sure she's taken care of. Like, this is my wife. She has a heart condition. I need to like keep an eye on her. Yeah. And pressure yeah. family to like take care of me. Yeah. <laughs> and like, make sure that she's going to be safe. And, you know, but when we got to the top of Whitney and like, after realizing like, no, she's like this amazing like person and like this athlete that can handle <laughs> this all on her own. Like it was kind of freeing and allowed me to like experience the rest of the trail like for myself, like we, we did it together, which was amazing, but it's also just such like a personal accomplishment mm -hmm. and knowing that like, no, she can handle herself. Like this is, this is just like an amazing person that uh, I don't need to necessarily worry about in that way. Yeah. And you're the PCT rookie. So, you know, walking from Tehachapi to Kennedy Meadows, she's saying, okay, look, I'm just going to let you know, there's going to be some big mountains coming up <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. be a month, month and a half. We're going <laughs> to average around 8,000. You know, you're like, She's she's educating you on on what's ahead. Yeah, I mean, well, I had known about it like oh, early <laughs> on, but she was definitely more passionate. Yeah, I think I knew more of like the milestones. I mean, you think about like the AT. There's so many milestones because you go through multiple states. On the PCT, you don't have as many. So the ones that come by, which Mount Whitney is one of them, you I mean, they're pretty powerful mm -hmm. moments. On the PCT, after a while, you just want to get out of California, man. Come on, I've been in California way too long. Yeah, California is long. It's weird on the mind. 1,700 miles. It's crazy. Yeah, it's weird mentally. And when you get to that midway point, it's, you need but to. But you're still in California. You're at the midway point. And you still got, you know. Yeah, you are. But, you know, it's wild at that midway point. You need to see it for your, like, mental health. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm scared. Sometimes I see people, like, standing on it. or yeah. kind of, And I'm like. If you snap that thing, people are going to hate you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be, it's like a tombstone. Like you don't want to, don't, don't be a goof around it. Respect it. I mean, it survived a fire. Yeah. You don't want to be the one that takes it out. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. When a lot of people were skipping the Dixie fire because it was just, it was just a, such a slog and no one wanted to deal with it, but I wanted to see that midway point. So there was no way I was skipping it. And yeah, we pushed through it. Our legs were just, covered in ash and anytime i blew my nose it was just like black set see there's foresters pass you posted on ig you got your ice axe uh you know after you know you're talking about going over forester glenn pincho mm -hmm. oh, yeah you know yeah. it's you've got to be how it's important to be prepared yeah no definitely and the environment but then yeah. i'll just say this quick and then so even on like you know you posted on may 21st but seven days later there's maddie right so um we're gonna do an episode uh her parents uh i know her mom wants to be on the episode and we're haven't structured it yet and that kind of stuff because we just want to talk about like altitude sickness and all that kind of stuff and that's what you know and it'll be sort of like a trevor you know even just doug coming on part of it he just wants people to know about you know uh, Trevor's love for the outdoors and that kind of stuff. But where were you? I'm well. I'm guessing. Obviously, I already know that. So you were ahead. So mm -hmm. obviously, you would have heard about Maddie because just people would talk about it. Oh, did you hear that there was a young girl? That kind of stuff. It's just. Um, I guess I was just wanted to like ramble on a little bit because mm -hmm. you can say whatever. Like you know, obviously, you were just talking about how you know be prepared. Just respect the environment and you were just talking about like 
coming down on Whitney, you were talking about there were some people coming down with altitude. Obviously, yeah. you know, it's a bummer, you know, but it's good to do. You have to do it. Doesn't mean that as soon as you start to get altitude sickness, something's going to happen to you right away. Right. You need to have to stay at that altitude, get acclimatized, or go down. And if yeah. you have to go around or have to skip something, yes, it sucks, but. It's just like Apache Peak. If you have to, if it's too sketchy or it's above your head, mm-hmm. go around. It sucks, but you know, as Doug would say, you get to hike another day and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but exactly. What was that like to hear about Maddie, or even just to be in this wilderness? Um, mm-hmm. Because, like I said, even though you were just talking about you have a condition, mm-hmm. you know, and you did uh, Whitney, you still had some harder passes. You still had hard things to go through. Through just going through the Sierras is hard. Mm-hmm. But just talk about things in general. Just sort of respect the environment and just respect the mountains that you're in. And I well, I would say more than respecting the elements, it's more just like I think every year people become more knowledgeable about certain things. Mm-hmm. Like Which I had no it. idea that anyone could die from altitude sickness. Neither did I. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, like we had spent summers in Colorado and things, and it just feels like. People talk about, oh, you get altitude sickness and you can either go back to base camp or you can just push through and finish. Yeah. We had friends who were hiking up and just like puking going up. Right. Like, I don't think there's enough awareness about it. And I'm sure that's what her family is, um, you know, pushing for as well. But I think when we when we did finally hear about her, um, it was just shocking. Like, I had no idea that that could happen. And to know that we were all in that position where. Yeah. Yeah. like we were in a place where that could be affecting any of us. And so it really does just put things into perspective and know like how, how dangerous this experience really can be. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And just like being aware of these different things that can happen is, is definitely eye opening. Yeah. I think what really shook me was hearing how young she was mm-hmm. and hearing that she was healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. that was really confusing and I was upset for her and I was upset for her family. Like, why did this happen to her? It just didn't feel fair. And it was hard. And I think, I think we heard about it somewhere around a thousand miles. I feel like, cause mm-hmm. it was late. I wasn't really on the Facebook page that much. And my friend Rocky had heard about it and he told us and yeah, we were all just in shock. Mm-hmm. It was pretty scary. Mm-hmm. And I think what led me to make that post about um, just like, you know, having an ice axe and right, bring your micro spikes and respecting the environment is because well, you did that post before. Yeah, that was before. before. I know, which is kind of interesting. And it was focused more on like equipment. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was because uh, I had witnessed a woman who want, like did Mather pass without an ice axe. She did the Sierra without one. And we were really upset about that. And um she had fallen on Glen Pass and she self-arrested with her trekking pole and her trekking pole snapped. She was okay, but that was just too much for me. And we wanted her to exit off the trail, but she wouldn't want to. And she still proceeded to do Mather Pass and slipped on Mather, which was really hard for a trail family to watch. And yeah, it was, it was really heavy stuff. So that's where I was with that post. Like, we're not invincible out here. And sometimes it can feel that way because we've done all these milestones and we've walked as far as we have, but you know, mother nature is, you know, the ultimate at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for her situation, I mean, I don't think 
anyone could have foreseen that with the altitude sickness. That's just devastating. And we ended up meeting some of the girls that were um, a part of her trail family later on in trail. And we heard that um, they got to hike to the monument with her family. And that was, yeah, that like brought tears to my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really interested to talk. And on the same episode, um, I, I, whatever, on my dog walks, I listen to podcasts, but there was a, a dad, uh, who had a son who was 18 in Utah on a boy scout fishing trip and kind of like feeling the effects of altitude kind of thing, like doesn't want to eat, just wants to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so the boy scouts were kind of like going, doing their thing, but he just stayed behind. But, and then, you know, kind of like three days later being worn down and then trying to hike down, he just, he just collapsed kind of thing. And that, Mm -hmm. and that was it. I mean, it was just uh, so he's going to come on that episode and stuff okay. as well um, because yeah, you know there's like an 18 year old football player type thing and it's just I think the, obviously um, you know his dad Maddie's mom that I've been chit chatting with mm-hmm. um, and even like uh, there's like a I think he goes by Kriegus or whatever he had uh, he did a little YouTube and I guess he's on Instagram too. Obviously, he was in the trail family. I haven't reached out to to him, or maybe I'll get Maddie's mom too, or whatever. Yeah, but I think he wants to write a book on it and try to educate hikers. Yeah. Oh wow. And work with the PCTA and stuff. Um, yeah, that's powerful stuff. You know what is interesting about the trail, like the PCT community? It is so tight knit, and I remember reading um, in a D who does the shuttle from San Diego to Campo. Yes. She was like, this is going to be a new thing that I'm going to talk to my hikers about when I pick them up because she talks about like everything, like little facts. And she's like, I'm going to make sure hikers know about altitude sickness because of this. So it's cool to see the trail community like really come together through this. Absolutely. And that's the that's the great things of these tragedies is that, you know, like a lot of people, even just Trevor's story, like Doug's heard it, all that kind of stuff. He's heard like the feedback that it's really it's just kind of helped. It's, it's just good to learn. It's mm-hmm. just yeah. good to learn all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. But I think altitude sickness, I mean, obviously, I think people, like, obviously, their yogi on her Facebook thing, she had an, uh, an expert. I haven't listened to it yet because yogi posts the, uh, so if anyone's listening, I'll put a link in the show notes. But there's, like, a, a Zoom that was recorded and posted on yogi's facebook thing um so all of that's good and there's mm-hmm. like lots of resources out there it's just good yeah. it, it's all good stuff it is so. really good yeah yeah i didn't know about this hot spring i knew about the deep creek or whatever the one that mm-hmm. maybe it's naked fest or i have no idea yeah. what it's like but we only saw one naked guy but he was really nice he was very nice <laughs> and when he talked oh. to us crisscross applesauce he did cover up yeah it is what it is you know it is what it is like if you go to europe there's like you know you're in spain on the beach yeah some people don't care doesn't matter what shape you are they don't care that's the way life should be it's all good good. we are the weird ones yeah well it's all good but then you know i i had to make a little note because i i keep my little trail notes in evernote so every time i see something or anything or even like a facebook post of like oh, there's a motel that's really fun or whatever. I'll just, I put it in Evernote and later mm-hmm. when it gets closer, you know, but anyways, so it's hot. There's hot springs, Red's Meadow hot spring just after yeah. Mammoth. I can't even remember the Instagram picture, but was it worth it? Is it worth, is it close to the trail? Is it worth it? 
so worth it. Yeah, it's great. It was really beautiful. And is it small, big? Yeah, it's, it's like small. a hot tub. Yeah, it's like a hot tub. It was really hot, and there was um, mint growing right all along that area. So we were like taking pieces of mint and like rubbing it in our hands and just like breathing mint in while we were in this hot spring. Felt like a spa. Yeah. It was was it an Instagram hot? moment? No. Like, was it just like romantic? Like, just you two? Or no, no. There, but in the morning, we did go in alone. Yeah. But no, we were with all of our friends and I ate so much food in Mammoth that that was the hardest hiking I'd done just to get to that hot spring. Yeah. <laughs> so not really romantic. <laughs> yeah. There's a, um, I think it's an alternate, but it leads from like the trailhead at Mammoth. Um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it, it takes you directly to Red's Meadow. <clears throat> and then Red's Meadow is maybe a mile off of trail or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but the hot spring is really interesting. It has a big steel plate, two steel plates that sit on top of it. And that kind of keeps like the leaves and debris out. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Move it if you're mm-hmm. yeah, to move it. It was really heavy. Huh. Yeah. I'm like, please no one get tetanus. Yeah. No, they, were, they weren't like rusty or anything. <laughs> I hate that on Instagram where like, you know, some, some, some girl and a dog that lives in a van, she'll like post, but she doesn't want to post where it is because she doesn't want the world to like. Dude, come on, man. Don't be posting it. I want to go there one day. Yeah, Tell me what it is. Geotagging is real. I've actually stopped putting locations on my post. I'll just write like Pacific Crest Trail because, <sighs> yeah, I mean, if you really want to know where some, something is, usually if you DM someone, they'll tell you. They just don't want to put it out there for like everyone. I think the real place where that became a problem was Horseshoe Bend. If you've read about that. Oh, okay. yeah. That's, I think, is that Grand Canyon where everyone likes to take a photo? Yep. It was just like some spot on the side of the road, but now it's like a huge place for Instagram photography. Yeah. And there's like, there's not a parking lot there. So people are just parking like on the environment and like just throwing trash. There's no fence. Yeah. Same with Laguna beach. Like these small beaches were just meant for locals, you know, to like walk to like, there's no parking there's no bathroom facilities, things that you'd need if you were like going there for like a cross country, like trip. So, yeah, geotagging is kind of destructive. It's like that deep creek thing. Like, there's no washroom there. So, sometimes, just from talking or hearing things that... And there's a lot of partying. People just go there. Like, they're not through hikers. They're just... Mm-hmm. They car a load of kids. Those damn kids again. And, you know, <laughs> and everyone's just pooping behind the tree or whatever. Because mm-hmm. they don't care. Sure. Yeah. Just, you know, nature called. And they, you know, they're not going home for another eight hours. Yeah. yeah, didn't Zach say that like they saw a guy like perched on a rock and yep. like, poop, poop into the water? <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, just like this naked dude just like on a rock like an animal. One thing, um, when we started the trail, so at like the, the monument in Campo, um, Phantom. Phantom was like this trail. I guess he had done the trail a few years before. He's a trail angel now. And he's a trail angel now. And he kind of just gives advice to new hikers. And one thing that he told us that I think was really important was that like, as through hikers, you're kind of advocates for the hiking community. And like, when you go into these little towns or like these cool little places like Deep Creek or, or Red's Meadow, like you are responsible for the, uh, the image that people think of when they think of through hikers. So like, if you're going into this little town and like, you're all dirty, uh, you can't help that you're dirty, but you can like be kind and you can be 
um, like absolutely. Yeah, don't steal all the napkins and all the hot sauce. Like, have some respect for these small towns. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about another little guilty pleasure because I would love to go up Half Dome and all that oh. stuff. So you, you go into Yosemite with the there's all thirteen of you. Yeah, and you win the lottery. So there, you yeah. Won the lottery. Okay, that was twenty six miles on your twenty sixth birthday, and 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 Luke with the poop travel thing. It's like boom. <laughs> <laughs> your luck you got half dome lottery what was it like is it freaky is it scary because give mm-hmm. me the opinions of like you can even collectively give me all 13 did all 13 yeah. of you do probably not all 13 no there's actually 14 of us and um sassy finger she didn't make it up she turned around but okay That's- so we had eight people apply for the lottery my friend back home my brother gravity's brother i mean we had like people like we were oh this, there's another pro tip right there yeah we were like, like pro tip pro tip i'm gonna have <laughs> some joke some jingle i'm gonna make oh man well we were just garmenting everyone like can you please do this for me it's ten dollars we spent kind of a lot of money and um my friend rachel who's in new york she won one and then zach won the other one so we had each permit has six available so we had enough for all but one person but we were told that the other person could hike up, but they couldn't go up Half Dome without asking like a random person if they could be a part of their permit. Because usually it's just like group of two or three and you, you have six. Oh, there's another pro tip. So you can Yeah, really- sure. There's, when you get there, though, there's a table set up. There's no sneaking by. There's a table set up. There's a ranger. They're really nice. And they just want to see, you know, your permit, the amount of people in your group. And that's it. And we told them we have one extra. And they were like, just go ask someone. And two guys were sitting there and you know, they said they were going oh, nice. up in like 10 minutes. So we waited till they were ready. And we all went. Um, so half of our group went up to the top and the other half like went in that second, like uh, phase, I guess. And um, when we got up there, we, there were gloves. So we just used the gloves that they had. And um, I mean, it so was, they have some gloves that people can use yeah, yeah. to hold onto the cables. Cause they're really yeah. slippery. They're yeah. just steel wound cables. Yeah, so we brought just our trekking poles, and I think we had small backpacks with just, like, pizza and and snacks, and we had trekking poles and then the gloves, and we went up there, and then once we got to, like, the first, like, rock face, we hid our trekking poles, and then, yeah, put our gloves on, and then went up the cables, and, yeah, Sassy got pretty scared just within the first few feet, and she ended up turning around, but everyone else made it up, and... It's surprising and it's slippery and you know, you're putting your feet like on each of the poles that are in there and then you're using your arms and you've been hiking for so long. All your muscles are in your legs. Different muscles. Definitely. So my arms were just maxed out. I mean, I was pumped. (laughs) And our shoes probably each had like 300 plus miles on them. So the tread's gone and there was nothing gripping onto that rock. I was just sliding just, relying on my arms to pull me up that thing they say obviously rain is like rain and half dome don't get along oh yeah no. oh if Didn't i would have seen one cloud in the sky we would have turned around yeah i don't think obviously it's it's very scary like you can't yeah people have died up there it's a lightning and a lightning yeah and lightning storm so uh would i do it again no <laughs> are you glad why tell me why tell me why why because it felt like a one and done like honestly it was hard okay. And it was kind of scary. And the amount of people that do it, there ends up being a little bit of like a um, uh, cluster of people. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It gets to the point that like, so there's only, so there's two rails or uh, cables and everyone yeah. goes in between them. 
And so people are going up and down, but you're reaching onto both sides. And so it's really hard to navigate if you're going down or if they're going up. And when we were going down, there was kind of, there was a big group going up and a big group going down at the same time. And um, there was a few tourists in front of us that were like, oh, no, you're fine. Just like, come on up and we'll wait. But My, there's like 20 people above them. That all of our arms are like dying. Shaking because you've just been standing there for so long. Just holding on. Just like when you said like uh, you're passing all these day hikers huffing and puffing with your hiker legs. Yeah. <laughs> while you're singing was just so satisfying. You oh. know, when Hiking around Yosemite. That was such a good feeling. I mean, you were flying by people. I passed this one dad, though, who would not let me pass him. And he had so much bug spray on, and your senses are heightened when you're out there. And this guy was just so stinky. I was like, I couldn't stay behind him. So I was pushing as hard as I could, and I knew he couldn't keep up with me. So I was just waiting for him to get tired, and finally he did, and I passed him. And I just said, sorry, sir. Like, your bug spray is too strong for me. You know, like I'm not like trying to race you. I, I just have to get around you. <laughs> but I it was funny it. to see people who try to keep up with you. It's like not a chance, not yeah. a chance, bro. Some people do get pretty competitive. Oh, for sure. I, I'd love, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. I don't know. Like I am a little scared of heights. I don't know. I don't know. Cause I've never done anything crazy. So mm-hmm. I want to try it. We'll just, We'll try it. I think it. Well, okay. I got a little silly question. So obviously, I understand like going up. When you go down, are you facing forward or you kind of go backwards? Uh, I think they recommend like rappelling. So like going down, facing backwards. Yeah, a little bit of both. In the beginning, I just was facing down, and then I would turn around. Whatever like I needed to do to relieve like the pain in my arms from holding on. (laughs) So. Yeah, it is steep. Like if I was doing it again as a day hike, I would bring climbing shoes just for the grip because I my shoes were completely worn down. I had zero traction. So it was all my arms and I had no muscle. I was just a T-Rex. If you get the chance to do it, I would say definitely do it. Yeah, but it is kind of like if you've done it once, it's probably enough. Yeah, I would like to do a trailcation, you know, and 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 uh, would like to maybe spend a little extra time, and yeah, then that's what we did. I mean, it's really yeah. fun. We like we all figured out our permit situation, and then Zen he booked um, these like tents at I think it's called Horse Camp, a housekeeping camp. Housekeeping camp, yeah, is that right? Yeah, and it's in the valley, and so uh, all we needed to do was get a hitch to the valley, and then everything could happen. We it was fun. It felt like amazing race because yeah. we there was what 14 of us mm-hmm. and we had to all get hitches into the valley and so it took probably five or six cars to all get us in there yeah so we were racing to see who could get there first and this is a crazy story okay we got picked up by a tesla which is the dream so cool honestly no the dream is an rv but a tesla yeah. is legit and we get in and it's these two dudes and we're just asking you know their story and everything and they ended up being celebrities on um on OnlyFans. On OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> and we had no idea. And it was just the craziest ride of my life. Like the story. We're all four of you just sitting in the back and the car's just driving, yeah. Yeah, we're just sitting in the back. Oh, no, and I wish. Well, no, they're driving, but they were just telling us their stories and like their success with OnlyFans. And yeah, it was just a total like a just a different world I didn't know about and I mean on trail you need entertainment and that was like it was incredible that interaction lasted me like a full week yeah 
Man, you guys could have an OnlyFans, but like you have all your clothes on, but you just give pro tips of hiking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, okay. And people pay you cool. like you gotta pay for these pro tips. <laughs> and you just yeah, you just tease them with like tips. Uh huh. That's, That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many things that happen on trail you never expect, and that was something to me. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. There should be another podcast, and it's called like PCT Vegas. But it's all the stuff that you're not supposed to tell, and <laughs> like all your secrets. It's like anonymous people, like yeah, and we over can use AI. So it's like trail, Snoop Dogg. You know, if you don't want to be like, it could all be anonymous, or it's like instead of the I want eight billion dollars, you know. But it's like you know, you get to hear like these, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, so good. that would be so good. Even if like you're kind of telling your friend's story. But, you know, as long as it's true, as long yeah. as it's true, yeah, and it doesn't have to be your story. It's just got to right. be some entertainment. That would be good. You know, oh, what's, you know yes. what's weird about riding in a car after just walking forever is like motion sickness oh. kicks in. Yeah. Or you just think like you're in hyperspeed because you're yeah. like, because there was somebody's vlog that had to go get shoes or something to REI. And then they're, you know, it's like they had to go backwards. It's near that Agua Dulce or whatever. Yeah. And. It was just kind of feel like, oh, my God, it took me like a week to just yeah. walk like because yeah. they can see the PCT on the one side. Mm-hmm. It just feels like you're in a hyperlapse. Totally. Yeah, it's weird. You're kind of taken out of the trail when you're going to town and stuff. And I think that gave me some anxiety along the way, especially when we we did um, like was it a double zero or just a zero Where? in Portland? Double. Yeah, we did a double zero in Portland. And being away from trail for that long, I was just like having so much anxiety. And I think you can get that way even just like in a hitch, like getting further away from the trail can be kind of freaky. Hmm. It's weird. I think it would be fun to do like if you were in this, uh, you know how like sometimes even a tip tap or whatever on her vlog, she had like, they all got like town dresses. So even the guys, you know. Did town dresses, so I'm like, oh, I want to do that. That looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, we did that in Hatchapee all the way. To it would Meadows it would be out. fun to have a group of like 13 people, and you go as like you you kind of everyone you have Tarzan. It's like you're wearing like leaves and stuff, so well, you look like dirty through hikers, and you've been living in the bush, and you're going into town, and <laughs> you just act like like what's that a microwave, and you don't even know how to use it. <laughs> oh, you know, everyone's funny. thinking like all oh, these, you just live in the bushes yeah we wore dresses from Tehachapi to Kennedy Meadows South and it was really fun and one of our friends wore a plaid mini skirt and it was just hilarious I just couldn't stop laughing I want flowers I want to I want to look like golden girls yes I love that for you Tehachapi had amazing thrift shops I highly recommend it was actually a fun little story of I wore this this blue dress and I Got it into Hatchby at a thrift store and brought it to Kennedy Meadows. And then I left it there in the hiker box. And then someone that we knew, his name's Eric, um, took it with him. And then he hiked it up, I don't even know, maybe to Oregon or something. And then someone else brought it from Oregon to, to Washington. Trout Lake. He hiked it to Trout Lake. And then someone else brought it all the way up to the border. Mixtape. Yeah. So my dress made it all the way from Tehachapi to the border. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. Could be, okay. More okay. blues for you. Yeah, NorCal blues were really rough. This is a green tunnel. I actually thought I was like pre-diabetic. I don't know what was going on. I was like really lightheaded and dizzy in there. Yeah. My I felt like my like levels were just like dropping. And yeah, I was just like messed up. I needed to get out of there. It was just like <laughs> And also just get out of California, just kind of like a you know, just 
you know, sort of want to see the Sierras, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was ready for that change and I needed it. And getting into Shasta, I knew would be really cool because the people there are just beyond quirky. And I was really excited to experience that. Um, like some people in Shasta believe that there's Lemurian that live in Mount Shasta. And, you know, there's a lot of like kind of hippie vibes going on there. So I knew it would be a mood booster to meet some weirdos. So I was really excited about Shasta. And then after that, it was like, I need to put my head down. And I need to hike and I need to get to that border now. Yeah. And also, I think after hitting the midway point, it's like, let's get out of this fire zone. Clearly, yeah. this is a fire zone. We've just walked through so many burns. Because okay. talking to some other people, like I talked to the Ginger and the Joy, which is Wesley and Marie. Yeah, Black, we saw them on trail one time. And they didn't get caught in Oregon. I am also interviewing Christina and Andrew, and they did a podcast called WTF, Walking Towards Fear. That's Power Plant and Knuckles. And they kind of got, they couldn't do Oregon. So they had to jump yeah. up, touch the border, and then kind of go back and do yeah, Oregon. Summer kind of again so I, this is where it's sort of like i didn't really do the questions but mm -hmm. yeah i'm kind of curious about like yeah what was you know were fires you, know, you mess up your oregon no yeah. i think maybe our um you know maybe our hitting the lottery jackpot was the fact that we didn't get interrupted by fires yeah truly and the only issue we had was the lion's head fire closure which was we already knew was closed Yes. And they ended up opening that, I think, like a few weeks after we had gone through. But oh. we were ahead of all the fires. And um, the day before we touched the monument, um, we had a like a really bad thunderstorm. And a fire, the fire that closed the monument broke out that day. And mm -hmm. we saw the smoke when we were headed back from the monument. So there were people actually running to the monument on our on our way back to Hearts Pass who were like, I heard there's fires. Like I got hit the monument and we passed sunshine. And she was like, this is my triple crown. I'm touching the monument. Yeah. But it wasn't even close at that point. It was like, what, three weeks later, they decided to close it, but we, it had happened while we were out there. Yeah. It started. Okay. So that helps me a little bit. I mean, I mean, obviously, um, yeah, that helps me a little bit because when, so when you touch the, the, the terminus, mm -hmm. it was kind of like closed down maybe three weeks after. Yeah, we touched the. So you were really early. Yeah, I mean, we touched I on the twenty-third of August, mm -hmm. and we left Campo on the twenty-second of March. So five months in a day. It's crazy. I know. I mean, now I'm just thinking about the slow motion. You know, the 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 champagne and stuff. So yeah. So what was what was your organ like? Was it because sometimes people do like the the you know the, the well challenge. sometimes people do the twenty-four hour challenge sometimes in Oregon <laughs> sometimes it's two week challenge try mm -hmm. to get Oregon done in two weeks. Were you going really fast? Was it a real race? No, no race for us. We just wanted to do 30s every day. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to put in big miles because it is pretty flat in comparison. Yeah. But there's also so many cool little towns like Bend and Ashland and Portland are all really, or I guess. Um, uh, Ashland? What's the, what's the, what's the locks? Cascade locks. Cascade locks. Like those are all really fun towns. So Did you go to Portland? Sorry? Did you go to Portland, Oregon? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we got to Cascade Locks, and then we uh, took the bus to Portland for two days. Oh, yeah, because I think it's like an hour bus ride. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we really wanted to, like, enjoy those cool, quirky towns. Um, and so we pushed miles, but we weren't, like, pushing for a certain amount of days. Yeah, but I definitely felt comfortable. I felt like, okay, we're ahead of – we're way ahead of any bubble. 
we're way ahead of any like fire situation. I just felt really good about like our placement. And yeah, we did Portland for two days and that's where like, I got this like random like fuel in me to like want to go fast. And I don't know what happened. I think it honestly was just being in town and feeling the anxiety being away from trail and realizing how badly I wanted to be back out there. That when I got back out there, I hiked faster than I'd ever hiked before. I mean, I was passing my friends. I was getting to camp first. I just, all of a sudden I was like, whoa, I think I love this. And (laughs) I just, I wanted to do it again. And that's when I talked to Luke. I was like, I think I'm going to do Washington again. And you're like, what? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Well, some people love Washington. Like some people think Washington's like some of the most epic. Yeah. It's just, I found my groove and like, I just found myself once I got to Washington and gosh, I felt so good. And I can just feel the way I felt. I mean, yeah, I just, everyone was kind of winding down. Their bodies are breaking down. We're tired. We're calorie deficient. Because you're pretty much in your group of 13, I guess. I mean, there's always people bouncing around a little bit. Or maybe the group is, you know, Mm -hmm. you have two groups, but you're together in a way. Mm Mm-hmm. At that point, there was only there was a group of like six of us mm-hmm. uh, from that thirteen. Yeah, right. Pickle with me. Yeah, and um, we on our way back to Hearts Pass, two of the hikers from our group of thirteen we had passed, so we were all really close. Oh yeah, yeah. But we, I mean, we talked the whole trail with everyone. Mm-hmm. We were really close with everyone. So yeah, it was it was a really cool experience to have that many people and. I didn't know that we'd end up in such a big trail family. I mean, I knew I wanted, I wanted a trail family really bad. And I think a part of that was because starting early, we were around like a bit of an older crowd and I'm like, where are the people our age? Like I had mentioned, and I was really excited to finally meet people that when I did, I was like, I want to know everything about these people and I want to trap them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want them to stay with me. <laughs> vortex. I know we ended up being really good at vortexing people. What was Washington like? Now, did you, when you get to Washington, you're like, okay, well, Oregon is blah, 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 500 miles, let's say. And Washington is, let's just say it's close to 500 miles. Mm -hmm. Then you're like, okay, well, I know what Oregon was like. And it probably goes by in a blink of an eye. Now, did you feel that you wanted to do things differently? Is there anything that you wanted to just, you knew was coming to an end sooner or later? Did you want to do any things a little bit differently? Um, I think, think? We, I think like the focus that like our trail family kind of set on was just like creating a really tight bond between each other and like getting to know each other on a deeper level. I think it was less about like the mileage. We all, we were done doing zeros. We were just going to Nero Nero it. And we um, were, weren't going to do anything less than 25. Right. Yeah. So we kind of just set this like, you know, a little bit of a parameter and everyone was cool with it. And yeah, Pickles, this girl in our group was just so good at like getting us all together and like sitting down and kind of like checking in with everyone. We had this really amazing like group team meeting, I guess you could call it. And we talked about like, what are your expectations before trail? Like, what are they now? Is there anything you didn't do that you wanted to do? And one of the things for me was I wanted to do a 40 mile day. So I got to do that into Trout Lake in Washington. And that felt amazing. And I mean, yeah, I think we just had like little goals along the way. But I think just getting to know each other deeper and staying together, we knew we didn't want to split up. So I think that was our main thing. 
Yeah. One thing that I thought was really cool that we did, this was Pickle's idea as well, is that um, we all wrote letters to each other for the monument. Just kind of like the, the small group that we had, just kind of talking about how much we all meant to each other, like a fun memory that we had. Oh, that's like a, a moment of growth that we saw in each other. Yeah, kind of like a final note. Just something that you, we all individually read at the monument, just to kind of take in the moment and realize like how big of an achievement this was. Yes. And that was like a really cool thing that we each have now. Yeah, we only had one pen. <laughs> yeah, we passed around this pen at like probably six or seven campsites. Yeah, work. but Luke and I, we didn't um, put ours on there to each other because it was just a piece of paper that like everyone had their name on their own. And then you kind of pass that paper on and signed it or whatever. And so Luke and I didn't put ours on there. And during the last five miles to the monument, we read them to each other and it was super emotional. I mean, I just felt like we put ourselves in the exact headspace that I wanted to be in to end this thing and to close it on such a, a note because it was huge. What we had just done. And I just didn't want to, I didn't want to write it off as this. I just wanted to feel the weight of the moment. And I think that those letters really did that for us. And then when we got to the monument and all of our friends were there and they were clapping for us. We were just crying all over again. And then we sat down and once everyone left and it was just our trail family, we passed out our notes and we all got to read them and it was emotional for everyone. So what's it, what's it been like now that the trail is over? Like, I mean, obviously I'm a broken record and some other podcasts, you know, I'll ask people like, Hey, did it wreck you? You know, and, <laughs> and like even magnet magnets having obviously a hard time just with yeah. like trail depression and that kind of stuff. And um, I mean, obviously like he left his wife, so it's just, you know, like it's, it's hard on your marriage and stuff. It's, it's just hard, but obviously you two are doing it together. Yeah. And, it, and again, it, it either like, you know, maybe you want to hike the AT, maybe you want to do the CDT, maybe, you know what, um, hey, it was a really cool experience, maybe, hey, I'll, you'll go to Spain or Portugal and, and do mm -hmm. a little thing or down to Peru or whatever, 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 but yeah, sometimes it wrecks you because you don't want to work for the man anymore, or have the glass, yeah, on this, you know, the and stuff, it's not, you need a little bit of money just to go on some adventures, you know, you need some airfare mm -hmm. money, but how did, like, just talk about that, what it's like uh, when it was all over. Yeah, post-trail was really hard on us. Um, I mean, we knew, like, post-trail depression was a thing, but, like, we didn't realize, like, how hard it would be. And having each other, I think, really was helpful. It was really nice to have each other, definitely. Um, something weird about, like, being off the trail is every day when you're out there, like, you're working towards Canada, and like you can you can see the number of miles between you and the border. You have a goal. Uh, like getting lower every single day. And so it feels like you're making progress. But when you come home and you don't have something like that. It just all stops. It just stops. And it feels like days just blur. Especially yeah. for us, like we came back to Michigan and there's not like a ton of like hiking uh, accessibility or like there's certainly no mountains sure. that you could be. Not where we are. Like hiking up. Um, and so like, there's not that outlet that we have that we miss from trail. Yeah. It was really hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like, it's kind of grief. Like you just said goodbye to these people you were with every single day and now they're not a part of your life. I mean, it's like going, it's like grieving all over again. And you felt like your best self on trail. How can that translate into your real life? How can you take these things that worked for you out there and make them work for you now? I mean, it kind of just changes your mind completely. 
and it was really hard on us. Like Luke and I had a, we struggled. I mean, you know, you're looking at your bank account, it's going down, like you're not making any money. And we were having such a hard time finding jobs. I mean, it was really hard. And you and I had like a big like talk, like we need to make a change or like, you know, what are we going to do? Yeah. It kind of feels like you have to have a plan for post trail um, and understand that like, you're going to need some time just to figure your own self out, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. also like it's going to take maybe longer than you expect to like get back into normal. Yeah, definitely. And you know, Luke's working now and I just accepted a job. So now it feels a lot better. Like I feel like, you know, there's like hope now, but for a while it feels like really isolating and just super heavy. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're kind of just stuck. Like you don't really want to do anything else other than hike, but do you have the money to do it again? And are you ready to do it again? Like, are you actually in love with it? Or did you like the break that it took from your real life? Because life is long. You know, we talked about old people. Yeah. Like, You don't have to do, if you're going to do all three, let's say, it doesn't have to be done in the next four years. Right. You know, you can, whatever, you'll just figure it out. And Magnet, uh, I keep talking about me, but Magnet was just talking about how he was like, you know, you have all these really close people on trail, you talk to every day and that kind of stuff. And he was just a little bit disappointed that, um, that the, the, the conversation after the trail with them started to, cause people just get into their own lives again. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah. for him, anyways, this is just his, like, he was just kind of wishing that, um, that banter could, keep going and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and that would have just helped him with his trail depression a bit too but just he was just kind of thought that they would have stayed more connected and everyone's different right like yeah. some people stay you know they have a group chat or mm-hmm. every every week in the morning you know or whatever every weekend or every second weekend they'll do like a little zoom or something yeah. you know, and and whatever but yeah um, we've been really good about staying in touch with our trail family i mean i want to I went out to go see Bambi in Utah. I spent a few days out there. Then I went out to Seattle to go and see Pickles. And then our group chat's super really active. We FaceTime Slim a lot. Mm-hmm. We FaceTime Zen every now and then. I was just texting Boogie yesterday. Yep. So, I mean, we're like trying to stay as active as we can. And we're all getting together um, in April around where we met. We're going to do Trail Magic. I'm oh, really nice. stoked on that. Not everyone can make it, but it'll be a good majority of us. So I'm really excited for that. And yeah, I mean, I can't let these people go. Yeah. No, you won't. And you're doing it. And there's great technology, you know. And yeah. even if you, you know, um, you can always send little, like on Messenger or whatever. Totally. Like you can send little voicemails. Yeah. Just, you know, it's so much easier to talk than type, you know. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Just talk for four minutes. Yeah. And, just, and that's cool, too. And you can shoot, shoot those. Yeah, yep. totally. I mean, yeah, my one friend, Zen, he was telling me how, like, you know, he's not as good as like, you know, as a texter. And I was like, don't worry. Like, I got this. Like, <laughs> he, now that we're friends, like we're friends for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I'm not letting any of you go. <laughs> we just went through so much together. So I'm really happy to have that group in my life. Any, uh, any, any little talk about uh, what the next adventure could be like, even mm-hmm. if it is like, hey, I want to, I'm dying to go to this place in Europe or mm-hmm. wherever, or just anything in the horizon. Well, I just got a job and we're moving to Tahoe at the end of March. So I'm going to be a trail angel. I'm so excited. 
I'll be living, yeah, my job's in state line and I'll be really close to the trail. So I'm stoked for the summer to get to help out and be involved in the trail. So that's happening. And then we just applied for the lottery for Mount Whitney. We're going to do that again in July for Luke's birthday. And then we have a flight credit from like COVID time that we need it expires at the end of this year. So we're going to go somewhere, but we're not really sure. Mm-hmm. And we'll probably hike the TRT while we're out there. Yeah, we'll do the TRT. We want to close uh, Lion's Head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, some, some plans for sure. Yeah. Did you find it hard when you got home? You wanted to talk to all your friends about it. They kind of wanted to hear a little bit, but... Well, everyone you know. wants to know, like, what was the craziest moment or what was, like, the hardest thing you ever did? Yeah, did you see a bear? And it's so difficult to explain those moments because it's not... They're not individual. Like, the whole thing is it's is an entire experience. Yeah, like, I can't just pick a favorite moment. It's impossible. And you can't really explain it. Yeah. Yeah, just something you kind of have to, like, be in. Yeah. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Thank you. It was loosey-goosey. I liked it. You guys have <laughs> great faces. You guys are good. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, we really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, thanks for having us on. This was great. I'm excited to listen back. Me too. Cool. Okay, anyways, we'll, have a good one. And thank you. Have a good rest of your day. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay, talk sounds soon. good. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. So in love with a fallen earth Who you wake in the middle of the fallen night With a summer play coy